to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. And welcome, 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 welcome <laughs> to the podcast that does what I deny think it says on the tin. <laughs> it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. Hey, and that's... Oh, yeah, and I'm Liam. <laughs> and I'm Liam. Yeah, I think that's more or less the gang this week. Yeah. Kind of sort of. we got a special guest who we'll introduce in just a moment. We do, we do. But I think we're going to be about Ethan, <laughs> about Georgia. But she might pop in. Like Georgia might pop in. That's you know, about what I got. Uh, she's yeah, yeah. doing some publicity photography, and that's run long. And so we, she will be here when she is here or not, if she's not. Yeah. And that's okay. But it's just a little bit more time for our special guest as we discuss episode number 167. Woo. They live. <laughs> yeah, they do live. They do live. <laughs> <laughs> um, WrestleMania week. I'm not. I, mean, I was going to say, I'm not a big wrestling fan. That's not true. I'm the biggest wrestling fan I know. <laughs> You're not a big wrestling I'm fan. I'm not a big wrestling fan, no. So, for the purpose of today's, we do a wrestling sort of theme-inspired adjacent movie every year. And this year, I thought, there's someone I want to have on the pod, and it would be a perfect fit, because he, too, is a big wrestling fan. So much so that, you know, the kind of name of the pod is kind of a wrestling illusion, if you will. I want to take this time to welcome our guest, Stu, from the Stu World Order podcast. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. And uh, Stu, which of course comes from my last name, Stuart, a wonderful Scottish last name. Very uh, fitting for today's episode. Yeah. Every time we do something like this, I realize I've always just called you Stu. Knowing that it is your surname, as we would say in this country, Last name, as you would say, in yours. <laughs> uh, am I doing correct by referring to you as Stu? Should I be doing something else? No, no. Stu is good. That's the name of the podcast. Excellent. I thought so. That's, so what, I, that's what I say in the intro to the podcast. You can call me that. It's the name of the I show. I thought so. Time. So there we are. <laughs> so here we are. Um, and we're here because we're, we, we do a wrestling-themed episode every year for WrestleMania week. Yeah. It's just what we do shame georgia isn't here because uh she's a big wrestling fan she's all right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. uh i think like everybody's lives gets busy and there's only so many things you can do with your time but i will always find time uh, to sort of keep up i think my wrestling fandom obviously most people's goes through peaks and troughs mm-hmm. uh highs and lows peaks and valleys for those people in north america i suppose <laughs> and uh and so I, I don't know where it is right now. I'm still. I don't. I don't watch the weekly product. I watch. I watch most of the monthly pay per views if I can be bothered to. Is it because there's not any stand standout names? Uh, names that you know, like Hulk Hogan back in the day, the Undertaker who's come towards the end of his career and st- stuff like that. You know, uh, Ultimate Warrior. I remember him being a big <laughs> Ultimate one. Warrior is not the name. You, it's just because it was the sweet spot of your of your childhood that you remember. It's just oh like, yeah, because my cousin was a huge huge fan. Where I wasn't, and he would always tell me this stuff, and you know, and names just stuck. Nah, I mean, it's too. Feel free to jump in here. Uh, I think it's because, um, because I think the I think I think Roman Reigns is going to be one of those people. The Rock was one of those people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Austin, it's hard to think. I mean, this is WrestleMania thirty nine, which means you know, The Rock stopped being a full time wrestler after WrestleMania nineteen. 
It's wow. been 20 years. Well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Which blows my mind. There's been more time since Austin retired than there was before Austin retired, and that just blows my mind. I wasn't a huge Austin guy, but you knew who he was. He was omnipresent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my wrestling fandom's kind of... I think part of it's just you've you've seen everything. Yeah. Like, every possible imaginable storyline, they've more or less done. Yeah. I don't know. That's my thoughts, too. What, what, no what's, your, what's yours? I I personally think, and I've been saying this for years now, I think the roster right now is the best it's ever been. Talent-wise, ability-wise, I think the roster is the best that it's ever been. I think the problem is the writing was so bad for so many years that you have all these talented people, but they're not allowed to, to go off the cuff. They're not allowed to ad-lib their speeches. They have to read these stupid, insipid promos that Vince was writing for them, and... We just got kind of beaten down on bad storylines that were, like I said, I've especially throughout the 2000s have been in and out, in and out. And I'm probably watching it more now than ever, because I think with AEW bringing some competition, both sides are doing a little better with Vince being out of the picture. Triple H is giving us some better storylines. It's just there was all these really talented people, but they were given such bad writing, such bad promos to deliver that it it was tough to watch regularly. Um, I promise trying to turn this if you're listening. It's not going to be like a three-hour wrestling podcast, I promise. <laughs> it is WrestleMania week. Um, when you say the roster is the best it's ever been, is that is that in-ring or is that in-ring and promo? Because I think I might challenge the second part. Um, it's, I mean, it's unquestionably in-ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Promo, promo-wise, it's hard to say because, like I said, we don't know what a lot of these people could do unscripted. Like, you're... How many years did we see Roman Reigns and whenever he delivered a promo, it was just the it was pee break time because he couldn't talk. But now they're letting him just be himself and talk. And we see how amazing he is. Like there are people on this roster. We have no idea how well they can talk because they've had Vince's words stuffed in their mouth for years. Suffering. Promos are worse now. Like I'll agree that the, the promos in general are worse now, but I don't know if that's the talent's fault. Hmm. I just think everything's so corporate and when everything's so yeah. corporate and you're afraid of, of, of uh, drawing the ire of the sponsors, I think it limits creative freedom. And I guess why AEW is able to feel like it pushes a little bit too far, though. They're even running into that now where MJF's getting in trouble for some of the stuff he's doing. And it's like, you know, we what made wrestling cool was that it was almost counterculture. It was it was it was and I wasn't an Austin fan, but I get the appeal. It's a guy sticking his middle finger up literally to his boss and you live your escapism through that. When that escapism becomes tempered, I'm not sure it reaches those same real emotional beats. And there are exceptions. There's the Sami Zayn stuff. That's obviously an exception. There's the Cody Rhodes stuff. That stuff's an exception. But these things are are, are the aberrations. Now, I'm not a guy here who pines for the Attitude Era, mainly because, one, I missed it. So I have no idea really (laughs) number two i don't want the abject sexualization of women that took place in the attitude era i'd much rather have what we have now which is you know save for charlotte flair who i find to be overbearing and uh, just not great on my last nerve but the 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 in-ring quality is much better than just (sighs) wrestling was hard when i was in my early 20s too because i was living at home for a bit and you'd be watching it and they'd always have one like 
let's get the women in as little clothing as possible and parade them through. And they would always be like when yeah. one of my parents would walk in. And it was, this, <laughs> it was like this look of like, oh, this is why you like this. I'm like, no, I like this in spite of this. This is not the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> See, now if I'd have known that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably watch more. <laughs> the network, it's got, it's got, it's got hours and hours of back catalog that knock yourself out <laughs> they, they used to literally have matches where the entire point was the, for the women to undress each other and be the first to get the other one down to her bra and panties how did i miss this i have no idea but oh my god because they were not shy about marketing it like this <laughs> All right. Um, before we go any further, uh, let me do what, what, what I do. And that is, uh, let me thank our friends, of the podcast who help keep the lights on here at the studio of awesomeness. So we can do what we do, bringing that sweet, sweet content two times a week. We're talking about Julene, All right. Hermes, James de Guzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson. Yeah, baby. Randall Silva. Woo. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister. Hell yeah. Reverend Bruce. Ooh. Heaven yeah. Nate the Great. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Andy Dixon. Yeah. Holly Callen. That's what I'm talking about. Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Richard and the cool cat himself. Ryan Kukets. Yep. All right. Woo. Thank you very much. Uh, he was the one who used to go, woo. That's Ric Flair. Oh, okay. The Nate Shaboy. <laughs> See, I I know some things, yep. but I didn't realize that was Ric Flair. <laughs> oh my! If, if there was an opportunity, I mean, the, the, other, the other thing that I would have gladly gone down the rabbit hole of, if it wasn't movies, I'd have gladly done a wrestling podcast. Um, yeah, you, oh, would, you? you you think movie podcasts are oversaturated? Jeez, Louise! <laughs> wrestling podcasts are even more so, and the audience is even more niche. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's uh, The ones who are there are there. you got to work real hard to knock one of them off, I think. See, I wouldn't have been good on that, would I? No. See, the history it, of that, it and that everything. Wouldn't, that wouldn't have, it wouldn't have lent itself well to what we were doing. I went for what we had naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going, how can I make Liam a wrestling fan so we can then do a wrestling? <laughs> nah, do it. Do what you know. Do what you've already got the commonality with. Absolutely. So there we I go. I feel like that's a good shtick for a wrestling podcast, though, is bringing on somebody and being like, well, I'm going to make I you did, watch the wrestling now. I, I did think about that. And one where you walk someone through and you started either WrestleMania 1 or you started mm-hmm. like Starcade 8. And you walk them through every major pay-per-view. And I even had a name for it. <laughs> wow. I was going to call it Wrestling with Ignorance. And, <laughs> and and sort of seeing that and seeing their reactions to what was going on. And but the problem is what happens if you get three episodes in and they go, Yeah, I'm just not into wrestling. <laughs> That's the danger. Is it, is it hard? Is is there would have to be some sort of a ground level. Yes, I'm into wrestling, but I don't know the history of it. I think I think that's your better. That's your better push, I think. Uh, um, we charted. I don't usually bring up the charts. So I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to leave the numbers, but I'm going to say that we charted this week in America, Great Britain, Canada, Canada. Australia, South Korea, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Poland, Finland, Taiwan, Nigeria, Egypt, Uganda, and we were number one. In Sierra Ooh. Leone. No, in Ghana. <laughs> in Ghana. In Ghana. Wow. Ghana. So there we are. Wow. I think he's going to say Kingston was listening to you. Yes, yes, we had some, not not Jamaica, but his actual home of Ghana, West Africa. So there we are. Uh, Fantastic. We we got some reflections and corrections to talk about. Okay. This one, the first one we got today actually falls back to an old conversation we had. Oh, how how old? We did, we did. Just a little while ago, about something that we thought, uh, someone brought up a comment and we joked about who must have said this thing that was said. Uh, I'm just going to set it up that far. Let's see if you remember this context. Okay. 
Like it was like a ninety six percent. Good in this, I can see her. As she's very good in everything. Yeah. She's yeah, she's like um, Daniel Day Lewis of the female actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? She just nails it. It's like she doesn't do a ton of work, but when no. she does, she tends to win an Oscar for oh. it. I don't know if you remember this. I think it was Shy Burgerfreund, but it might have been Lena Oberholzer who got a hold of us a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And said, I know where she listened to our Three Billboards episode. Yeah. And said she agrees that uh, with our take that Frances McDermott is like the female Daniel Day-Lewis. And we joked and we laughed. Oh, and I, I went, oh, it must have been something you said, Liam. And you went, ha, 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 ha. It's clearly something you said. And I went, oh, I know. As luck would have it, I was doing the dishes and I just did a random number generator and said, give me a random episode. Yeah. So I just picked a random number. I said it was episode one, 135. I said, fine, I was listening to 135, three billboards. And I thought, well, holy shoot. It was Liam like- actually did say that. <laughs> what are the odds of that? So, uh, so that was just I can't fate. Just, I can't just sit on it. No, that was fate. No, it? yes. Yeah, so you, you, you can't fight fate, as they said in Law Biden Citizens. So there we are. Oh, fantastic. Uh, some other things. We had some great, uh, great numbers for John Wick again. Yeah, of course. John Wick, in it? But we're on, a, we're on a pretty good run, right? Yeah, yeah, So Dwayne Smith went, yeah, I'm thinking Ethan's back. Don't worry, Dwayne. Didn't last long. Uh, we've got... <laughs> I gotta push this button. There's a mistake I think I made. I published the episode for about five seconds under the wrong name in a tweet to a bunch of people who reached out. I said, thanks for contributing to the man in the iron mask and had a gif of, like, John Wick. <laughs> So I do is copy and paste from one week to. I'm surprised more mistakes like that don't happen. Actually, wow! So I sent him the correction, and I think it was David from Scriptical went. Oh well, point three, and I went. No, nah, I wish it could be me. I think it was Carlo who brought it up to me. So thanks a lot, Carlo. Point oh, for you. Well done, Russell. The post. He says, "I hope for George's sake you never cover Mad Max Fury Road. You could write that story on the back of a postage stamp." Yeah, and there's it. <laughs> I have. I don't remember it that well, but I have. Um, it was one of the last films, I think. That was done apart from her arm, I think, is CGI'd. Everything else, stunt wise, is all done for real. Well, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did it. They did it in a you know, like Logan. They did um, a color colorized one and a, a noir version, a nope, black and white version. I believe you. Um, they also did the same thing with Max Mad Max Fury Road. They did a two different versions: a black and white one and a colorized one. Is this the, this is the one with with Bane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Charlie's Throne. Yeah. Or however you say it. Apparently, he didn't like who she was under the mask. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get on it. I'll never. Did they not? I'll never no. understand why they made a black and white version of Mad Max Fury Road. It's the least deserving movie in the world because what is so amazing about that movie is how vibrant everything looks. Yeah. And then you're just going to take that away. It makes no sense. Like with Logan. All right. I buy it. But yeah. Mad Max Fury Road is a bright, colorful, was Logan, vibrant. Was, 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 was Logan on black and white? Well, it was released twice, wasn't it? it was released... I'd be well up for a black and white version. Yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a noir. I think they call it noir version. Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, I haven't seen it in black and white, but I'd love to. Uh, he also says Columbia House sounds very much like the Britannia Music Club, which was a thing here over 20 years ago. Yeah. You ever hear of that? Yeah. yeah. Same thing? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you have a Columbia House account back in the day, Stu? No, it's one of those things like, even as a kid, I would read the advertisements and be like, well, this is too good to be true. Oh, I got, no sucked I got sucked in like three times. I did a movie one. <laughs> <I did that. laughs> yeah, I was not one of those kids. I think I defaulted on all three loads, I think. <laughs> they just eventually they just stopped writing you. I think they realized it was costing them us more money. I think once they reached a part where it's like, it costs us more money than we'd get back. 
Well, do you know why this didn't work for me? It didn't work for me because I'd rather go down to the shop and buy it. It's a bit like... Oh, um, see, we didn't have... it. See, I, I, I was... I was in the middle of the country. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I lived in a house, in a very Big. old house in the country. <laughs> in a snowy country. Yeah, it wasn't. The idea of music delivered to my to my door sounded really appealing. Yes, yeah, it sounded like a lot of hard work to me. What, having, them, having it delivered to my house? <laughs> well, having to write it all out and send everything oh, off. Oh, you did and, write these, these, these most obscene codes. You know, so... Yeah, it was really stupid. Yeah, I'd rather just get down like, the shop postage stamp stickers that you stuck on something and it was like an album cover and you were like these are the albums i wanted i think i think they upgraded to that yeah okay originally okay. i think it was just literally write down the code on this like just cardboard free you know postage already paid sort of thing i'll tell you what i did do many years ago i was probably about 13 14 maybe and uh, i was starting to get postage uh, post stuff for myself with my name on it and you know these, like, I don't know if you had them in North America or not, whether you, you had, like, a CD you'd buy, and there would be, like, um, a card saying, are you interested in Nirvana? Are you interested in whatever? And we'll send you all this stuff, you know, about new releases or whatever's coming out. So I'd tick these boxes, and I thought that'd be funny to write Liam Bally Kiss Angel, because that was a TV program that was on at the time. And I just happened to just... And I wondered if that would come back with Bally Kiss Angel um as the as the surname and do you know what i was still getting mail <laughs> up until i left home <laughs> with balikas angel <laughs> i feel like i feel like that's the kind of thing you do for fun and then you're in your mid-20s going for a job interview and they're like uh we did a search on you and we found out you have an alias oh. <laughs> have you gone by this name in your life but literally it was only because the tv program was on at the time i was filling it in and that's the only reason i did it and yeah i was still getting mail <laughs> i'll tell you what i'm a big fan of no matter who you are out there if you want to have this ridiculous email address that's funny to you and your friends, <laughs> go ahead. But always, always, always have this like a regular one for regular con- like for like for when your address is going to appear on someone who doesn't know you already's desk. Yeah, true. Because there's nothing like I'm trying to okay, I talk to this parent, the kids fail in my class. Da 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 da. da. Tried to ring home. No, okay, I'll email them. Okay, what is their thing? The prettiest unicorn forty three at gmail.com. <laughs> and I'm like, feels like it's already undercut the tenor of what I'm trying to get across from here. Oh, Brutal. that's funny. So, yeah. Do email so, addresses ever no, go away? In what way? Well, I had one years ago with a, a internet provider called FSNet. Would that still be hanging about now? Could you? Uh, I mean, I can't. I don't know the password, but. Do they I get, get de- deleted after I think a while? It depends on who who's got it. Um, if they stay dormant for a while, sometimes they'll put them back up on the market, so to speak. They'll just er- erase all your history and then free it back up. Oh, okay. Um, it doesn't. Uh, frustratingly, it doesn't work that way for, for for Twitter. Oh, okay. Because at best film ever is the dream, as opposed to best film for pod. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. At best film ever was used by some idiot for three tweets in like twenty twelve. Oh no! And never used again. And I can't get a hold of them. And I keep trying every now, every year or so. I, I try to contact Twitter and go, "Can we do this?" And they go, "No, we don't do. No, if it's been used, it's been used." I'm like, "It was used three times." Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like the person who had that Twitter would have to go on and and change their account. Yeah. We 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 had it with Facebook uh, when we did the Talk in the Mickey podcast. Someone yeah. already had Talk in the Mickey. 
Wow. As luck would have it. Yeah. And so they were like, well, we're, we're going to put out a podcast under that name. I don't know why I make them sound aggressive. They're really quite okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, were a bit fr- they were a bit frustrated because they felt we had stolen their idea. And I'm like, hang on. We've been releasing pods for like three months at this point. Yeah, yeah. And you haven't even noticed. Yeah. So it's cool that you were going to do this thing. You haven't. And now someone's, just because you put a Facebook account up, why was I able to get the email, the Twitter all these things. Well, yeah, yeah, true. You know, if you if if you had had that, we wouldn't we, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, I think I made a donation to the charity of whatever they were invested in, and they they gave us control of the uh, of the Facebook account. Oh, okay. now that's great if they're still active. I can't track this guy, put this person down for for love or money. <sighs> that is a pain, isn't it? I'd pay him a hundred mm-hmm. quid to to, yeah. to to give me the that. Which yeah. feature, we're at best film ever. Oh, so much easier. At best of a pod. It's not bad, but it's it's not the best scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. So Well, you never know. Could be listening one day. Think he's got his own pod. If you're out there and you <laughs> somehow happen to have and you're like, I don't remember making a podcast, it's because you didn't. We did. We're very interested. Get a hold of us at best film ever pod on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh what do we have here? We've got a message from our Resident Poet Laureate, been a while since I've called him that. Dwayne Smith? Dwayne Smith! He says, I have to confess, I hadn't finished watching this when I put my ranking in. I found Yosef's death to be very disappointing. All the buildup for that. Where was the pain? Where was the torture? Disappointed, John. I'm like, disappointed, Dwayne. Yeah. You put in a rate. Who are you, Liam? You put in a rating without finishing watching the film. Look, remember, never do it again. Don't do that. <laughs> if it ain't finished, you can't pass judgment on it. That's Absolutely. always that's always my hey, perspective. Dude, I'll never, I'll never be Titanic. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Carlo, because we kind of gave Carlo a hard time last week, because he said the reveal of the of the, of the villain in the second act, and we're like, "Are you pulling a Liam here?" Because that didn't happen in this movie. And he goes, no. "We did, yeah." We did he went that. to clarify my thoughts. What I meant was, in the first act, they build the mystery around John Wick, leading up to the boogeyman Baba Yaga speech. All the exchanges between the bad guys, the Jimmy Cop thing, all things you praised. That's because I'm very clever. I uh, consider what I saw this way back in 2015, I think, before everybody knew who John Wick was. So, yeah, we know he's a badass, but I loved how they set up all of this. And then unleashed him on Vigo and his men in the second act. That's it. Yeah, I still don't get it. <laughs> but thank you for writing your thoughts out, Carl. I like the bit where you said that, that, that I brought up all of his clever things. That was my favorite part, you know. Acknowledge me. And all that stuff. So, um, Mr. Mikey Wood, sometimes called Sir Gives a Damn, but we call him... Fred. Very good. So, so I finally watched the first John Wick. They're in capitals. And it's so... It's certain, he said, and it's... Uh, so it's certainly not bad and quite entertaining, but basically like watching my nephew play a video game for two hours. 100% agree. It's like watching a cutscene from a video game. It does, it does, it does. The video games you played, it would be like an Atari Stickman running around going pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Uh, our friends over at Off Radar, who I must say, I listened to them do Little Miss Sunshine uh, while I was having a full English this morning. Oh, nice. And uh, both my full English and their review were, were outstanding. So there we go. It's still our top rated uh, go give film. Them a, go give them a look. Yes, it is. Uh, Off Radar says, I know I'm late to the party, but I found this film just a nostalgic Matrix throwback with an Invincible Reeves beating up an old man in the rain. At the end. Yeah, the action is cool, but that's about it, really. Amazing how much love this film gets. It's very average in my view. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, sir. But if you like martial arty, beat him up kind of movies, and with car chasey bits in them. That's why I said I agree with you and not we agree with you. 
<laughs> Ooh, who's getting pedantic? <laughs> just, just, pr- pronouns, pal. <laughs> uh, uh, Carlo gets a hold of us and says, The Wire is indeed in Baltimore, while The Shield are set in a fictional L.A. neighborhood. Both are excellent and my number one, number two TV, favorite TV shows. The Shield is my first, but I'd say The Wire is more a must-watch. Dude, I mean, I've seen a few episodes of The Shield. That's your number one? The Shield? Is that the guy who... Michael Chiklis. I don't the thing. Yeah, the thing, him, oh, the rocky yeah. thing. That's also John Carpenter. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wrong, wrong the thing, but oh, yes. is it wrong the thing? I'm sorry. It is my Marvel kind of thing. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the big rocky looking so dude. S- Stan Lee's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and for the film effect, chips in. Yeah, the wire is set in my stomping grounds of Baltimore. Much of season two, the ports were filmed nearly minutes from where I live, and I commute each day. Love mm. that show. Uh, the wire is one I want to give another go to. Uh, I might read because I don't remember anything about it. So I might. I've never seen it. I got like four episodes in, and then it, life got busy, so I just let it. I had a bunch of my DVR, and then I went back and rewatched it. My dad loved it. Um, so I might do a, a, a clear for takeoff and see if I can get one of these guys on because uh, yeah, I'd, I'd do that. I have no. Uh, is there a the guy called Debo or something? Or I don't know. I don't know. You remember the part where I just said I don't remember a thing about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Dad talking about it. He was just saying about how there's this guy who's like a big dude and, you know. I don't know. Okay. When people say your favorite drama of all time, what do you kind of come back with usually? Favorite drama? Yeah, yeah. So if I say best show of all time, I don't want to like friends. I mean, like, what's your favorite, like, one-hour drama? Um, oh, oh, Banshee. Or at least I'll yeah. I love Banshee. Uh, still? Dude, that's really good. Oh, yeah, it's Breaking Bad. That's I don't even have to think about it. It's Breaking Bad, yeah. I've never seen that. Have you seen that? Oh, so, say my name. Damn straight I have. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is it like what people say? Is it I'm worth- the, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> that means nothing to me. Who do you think you're, who do you think you're speaking to right now? <laughs> is there a guy called Saul in it? Yes. Yes. Because there was a he's thing, all right. Goodman. There he's was a all thing right. afterwards. Called. Better call Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's he's all right. That. He's all right. Uh, no, uh, Breaking Bad, I think, is deserves all the plot it gets. It's fantastic. Uh, my favorite, maybe I'm a bit older than everybody else. Um, I'm into uh, Six Feet Under. I think it's the best show ever done. My girlfriend like that. Oh, Six Feet Under is amazing. Beautiful and poignant and heartbreaking, but still funny. Is, oh. that, the, is that the one with the house on the corner? It's a uh, funeral home on the corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the one where the thing. the series finale is showing everybody's death the last like eight minutes of it yeah 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 that my wife loves that my oh wife loves it's that be- show. she talks about how it, that finale it is, is the, it is the best like that and, and mash like you you really can't separate them like, like mash, mash where like the helicopter comes up yeah, and it says goodbye oh jeez i like mash but mash technically a sick technically a sitcom i mean jeez mash is a that was hard hit mash is a unique is a unique i mean the bit where it's like the bird but it's not a bird do you know? Do, do, you, know, do you know the? Do you know the TV series? Because I've watched the TV and the movie. Yeah, the movie got rave views at the time before the series. Yeah, but I actually prefer the TV series over the movie. I think most people think the TV day. series yeah. surpasses it because you grow connections to these characters for yeah, like five yeah, yeah. years. Yeah, 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 not not just. In fact, the series runs far longer than the Korea War ever went. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so there we are. Uh, some uh, some general shout-outs. Good people of Podbean, thank you very much for having us on their featured list for the second straight week. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate the effort to, to, to make things good, and, we're, and we are... Uh we, we acknowledge thee. Thank you very we much. We acknowledge thee. Uh, Sci-Fi Remnant for the love. Kept from the podcast uh, that would not die, of course, for the love. Mutual friend to all the parties around the table here. 
Uh, actually, I, I got a little box office fantasy league going on with Stu and with Kev. Oh, geez. I'm yep. winning. Now, that's be- <laughs> that's because up until John Wick 4 came out, I was the only one with films on the board. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, How is John Wick doing? Does anybody know? That's like two days in. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it just came uh, out two days ago. I did look no, after he... one day to see if there were any early numbers on the board for it. I'm glad no one took Shazam 2, though, huh? Ooh, oh, did that, yeah. is that failing? 67 yeah, million that over its first like weekend? Like, wow. Yeah, it didn't do Ooh, very well at all. Terrible. But isn't this the end of that franchise of Shazam? It's not going to do any more well, films it, of it. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second end credit scene sets up a third movie. So, oh, okay. yeah, like Ian said, I doubt it'll, or yeah, I doubt it'll happen, but. There'll be yeah. no standalone one. They might keep him as part of a DC overall universe, potentially. They, I don't know if they will, because have you seen the video that he came out with? No. Zachary Levi just basically came out with a, a, a video and shit on the fact that they wouldn't let him have Henry Cavill. In oh, the first okay. Movie. There we are. Okay, I just took oh, my sorry. Like, head, sorry, headphones I... off and uh, put my things in my ears. <laughs> oh, uh, th- this isn't a spoiler. This is, uh, he came out and uh, said, in real life, he just came out and just crapped over the fact they wouldn't let Henry Cavill appear in the first movie. Oh, okay, 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 that's okay then. Yeah, I think you're okay. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I didn't want any spoilers. <laughs> so I still do want to see it. It's it's good, actually. I, I, I didn't I've even like the first of- one. I liked the first one. Did it? No, I didn't. Oh. Uh, I was with, here's a throwback. Uh, Ellie and I were part of a group of people, friends who went and saw that movie together. And it came, it did really well on Rotten Tomatoes. People were like, it was like something like 87%. People loved that movie. Yeah. And everyone came out and said it was brilliant. Uh, I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> it breaks every cardinal sin of superhero movies all of a sudden even though you really struggle with your powers and we need a montage yeah, well, showing no, how you I do know, it everybody else picks it up like that yes i know oh it's stupid i know it's so stupid <laughs> but it's entertaining no it's not <laughs> and, and the other cardinal sin let's have all the kids have the same powers stupid <laughs> Keep kids away from my superhero movies. You ruined the fourth Thor. Well, Taika Waititi ruined the fourth Thor. Um, That's hard to say. Fourth four Thor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it ruined Deadpool 2. Keep kids away from superhero movies. I wonder what the third one's going to be like. Third what? Deadpool. I hope they kill the kid. <laughs> I don't think the kid's going to be in the third one. Well, it better not be. It. I got one angry Kiwi in my life in Ethan. I don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> we love you, Ethan. Uh, what else we got here? Um, oh, gift of the week. Oh, yeah. Hermes made a suggestion that I said last week was pretty good. So I said, hey, we'll do this thing. Hashtag BFE random word. I like that. It organizes it. It puts it all in one place. If it people does. want to be considered, they got to use the hashtag BFE random word so I can check it. <laughs> Have they not? <laughs> No, it's good. Oh, okay. Hermes though takes this like, like, like he's one overcome some sort of great because you know the 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 Ian versus Hermes war is real. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And it rages uh, on. He's trying to overthrow the gift of the week contest, and so I, I don't think it's the victory he thinks it does. But he's gone. Look at this beautiful justice. There was so much <laughs> darkness and chaos before today. We finally have entered the new age of law and order. The revolution was a great success, my BFE brothers and sisters. Hashtag victory. Hashtag random word. Hashtag gift of the week. <laughs> All you've had is you've managed to make me agree to organizing it with a hashtag. 
<laughs> As I recall, the issue was me and my tyrannical rule. I'd like to remind you, I still pick the winner. <laughs> he does. Nothing's changed. No. <laughs> So as I told him yesterday, pour yourself another brew, son, because I put down your gift revolution. <laughs> Just saying. Drop the mic moment. Gif of the week, gold coin. Yeah. We had some all right ones. The first one. The first <laughs> you one. Said like that was a bad thing. First one was exactly what I knew it was going to be. The uh, minute you said it. Duck. Ducktails. No, that was, but that did pop up. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Yeah, exactly what it was. Uh, (laughs) 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 But everybody knows exactly what it is. It's Captain Jack playing with his fingers. (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) Uh, That was from David from Scriptical. Uh, Dwayne Smith. uh, Some guy making reference to Scrooge McDuck having a money pit. Oh, okay. Ian Davies did do. uh, No, no. Who did the Scrooge McDuck in the in the the swimming in the coins? Chris Peterson did DuckTales yeah. and Scrooge spit out the gold coins. Ian Davies did the Peter Griffin Family Guy ripoff of Peter Griffin trying to dive in the gold coins and just like biting it when he hits it because you wouldn't actually be able to go swimming through it. <laughs> That's true. Russell the Post, he did some sort of thing from American Psycho with Patrick Bateman flipping a, a later animated coin at someone. Andy Dixon, some sort of animated bird in the crown flipping a gold coin. The animal things run and dry, buddy. I'm so sorry to say that. <laughs> Ryan Kukets did Snake from The Simpsons. Oh, you know Snake the Robber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally found this. I uh, got me a trampoline. I totally unearthed these gold coins. <laughs> but the win, and I hate to do it, goes to the revolutionary himself, <laughs> Mon Capitain. <laughs> Hermes for well done, Hermes. Mario Woo! in Super Mario World. Just <laughs> running through. That's a good idea. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to the win. Well done, bud. Well done. But of course, this will be the one week it's not rigged, right? <laughs> totally rigged. And then we had a lot of love for this week's movie choice. Uh, Nate the Great said, so happy to hear when they live next week. Sometimes I just need a reason to watch a new film, and you've given me that reason. We'll definitely be checking it out this week. Uh, Russell the Post, he says, this is actual footage of me hearing next week's film choice. And it's Joey, like, looking surprised at something. Uh, Josh, from next favorite movie, goes, whoa, what? I'm on vacation. haven't been able to listen to anything. You're doing Carpenter? <laughs> and so, Stu, I sent him a gif of uh, Sami Zayn doing the yep, yep, yep from a few years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, he went, oh, okay, now I get it. WrestleMania. Roger Piper. <laughs> I see it now. <laughs> Carlo finishes by going, can't believe you're doing They Live. And with Stu of all people, clap, clap, clap. Coincidentally, I saw it for the first time last year, so yay. Cool. Also, it seems like Georgia will continue the rough streak after Big Lebowski and John Wick. I have had confirmation she has watched the film and is at the very least sending us some some thoughts on it. Oh, good, good, good. So yeah. There we go. We're hoping she'll join Hopefully us because she's join us, yeah. she's in full cat attire. Yeah, meow. Because <laughs> she's in a production of Cats, <laughs> not because she's got some sort of weird interest. <laughs> <laughs> why not give I us? I can't wait to see the makeup. Be why great. not give us a review? Apple or Spotify? I hear five gold coins is a nice number. Five is the magic number. Can we talk about this for a couple of minutes? First one is what's this? Why do we still do the clocks going ahead? Oh, it's the worst. Uh, I was literally, I recorded with Hermes last night yeah. and I was, so I'm sitting here, went to the shops because, because, you know, we're five hours ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Went to the shops, got some, you know, drink and food and things you get at grocery stores and um, came home and thought, oh, I had about 35, 40 minutes. <sighs> what am I? So I put the grocery away. I'm like, ah, oh, just watch some family guy, I guess. 
<laughs> and I get this message from Hermes as a GIF, and I'm like, well, there's nothing new there, right? <laughs> but then I think, oh, I should open it. And I look at it, and he's like, so sorry you couldn't meet us. Um, hope everything's okay with you. We'll we'll reschedule. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then it hit me. Oh, we move our clocks ahead two week after two weeks after America does. Oh, okay. So That's for this brief window, thing. it's four hours, not five hours between oh. us. It's five hours now. Yeah, because our clocks went ahead last night. Yeah. So for that, it's just one of those weird things. So I booked this like months ago. So I've just got down. Okay, it's six thirty for me, one thirty for him. Done. Yeah. No, one thirty for him is five thirty for me. Uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like. Oh, shoot. So I, I hop on and we managed to make it happen. Well, we had a really, really good talk. But I was sitting there going, A, why is it different for everyone? And B, what purpose does it serve anymore? Well, this is um, a debate that's been going for years, actually. And um, they have talked about getting rid of it. But for us, it's more about moving our daylight hours, isn't it? So, so, we, in, have, in the winter, so we have sunnier evenings. Yeah, 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 basically. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't. Yes. So that's just moving it for our... Because we're they, the world judges its time by the Greenwich Mean Time. Is that right? Uh, I, I think I think it's a little bit outdated, but sure. I think anyway. Yeah. So um. So yeah, for us, it was about daylight hours and working times and stuff like that. So having more daylight now, we should have a longer evening because of it. And then in the winter, we should save, have an again a longer day by going back an hour, so we get a bit more daylight. I know in Canada, we broke tradition with the states because we used to be on the same schedule as them. Yeah. But then we made hours a week later than theirs because we wanted to extend Halloween daylight hours still by that last week. Oh, okay. And so we did it the week after that. Yep, yep. So that gave us one week off as opposed to now when we're two weeks off. So, but then I lived in Arizona for a year and they don't do it. No, well, it depends on because you don't want to extend daylight hours if you're if you're Phoenix, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, so I, it depends I, where you are in the world, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, there's one Canadian province, and is it two American states who don't do it? I want to think Hawaii. I don't know Ari- offhand. I, I want to think Hawaii I, and Arizona. Honestly, I don't. Know. Okay, I thought it was like more of the states in the mountain time, uh, mountain standard time didn't, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. I don't live there. I live on the East Coast. I don't know. It's a big go. country. I don't know what the hell they do over there. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, it's been a debate over here for years. I used to so, debate in most places, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 like, wa- the, I like the fact that I don't like the fact that they go forward. <laughs> uh, but, but you really like it falling back. Well, no, yeah. it always falls on a Sunday when I'm working and I have to be up at half four. So it means yeah. I have to have half three, basically, doesn't it? But how do you like it when it goes back the other way and you get the extra hour? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take that, you know. But I mean, I I do like the fact we get an extra hour of daylight now. I'd, I'd argue this. I mean, there's something about. Um, uh, so I watched this video. It said originally the plan was that that way people would stay outside for longer, and it means we wouldn't be using electricity as much because we'd stay outside. Yeah. And then the problem was that was obviously like pre World War Two times and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Inside inside got really cool. And I don't mean cool as in like air conditioners. I mean like <laughs> that's where like my TV and my PlayStation and the internet and all that stuff kind of is. It is now, isn't it? So like, I'm not sure how much sun, uh, how much electricity we're saving as a result because generally we're inside in times where previously we, we wouldn't have been. No, but you know what I like about <clears throat> the summer? I finish work now. I can finish work at four o'clock, 
and I can go out and do something in the evening yep. when when because it's more daylight hour. And I feel like I haven't been at work. I feel like I've actually done something more in my day rather than just work. Where in the winter is harder because you know you finish at four and it's dark by four. Like Stu, it uh, England is so much further <laughs> north than I think Americans or Canadians realize. Yeah, that We're because very much of that, Iceland, don't we? Because uh, kind of yeah, but because of that, like our. Our days get ridiculously long and our nights get ridiculously short. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, in, at its worst, or in, around December twentieth, twenty first, the the sun will be down by like three thirty one. Yeah. PM. Yeah, yeah. And it, it won't come up until like eight thirty five. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But on the flip side, in the summertime, like I remember, I remember when I went and picked you guys up from the Spice Girls concert. Yep. You were asleep, but Megs and I were, were sort of talking as we were driving back up, and we could see the sun starting to sort of peek out from the horizon at like 2.45 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're in a bit, like, if you're in, like, a relationship, you're like, like, new love, and you're, like, talking through the night, like, <laughs> it, you don't, you, you don't want to talk for too long before the sun starts coming up and the birds start chirping. It's only about 3.40 when the birds start going, tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> so, th- th- that, that's quite nice. <laughs> Again, thank you for coming to get us. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, someone was telling me, no, don't do it. Because you have told us recently that you got a... Yeah, I got uh, flagged for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, my face must have been like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm just trying to do a good deed. Yeah. I would hope someone would do it for me. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay, too. I've made the world a better place today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no worries. Otherwise, me and Megs might still be... You might still be there. <laughs> trying to ward off that guy who wants some money or whatever it was. Oh. Had to really push him away. Um, let's do one more. I wasn't planning on it. And then Ethan uh, sent me a message that the group that we found it this morning. And Stu, you're very comic book movie heavy on your podcast. Um, what was your, what was, what was your take to the Jonathan Majors news this morning? Oh man. It, I feel like this is one of the first big problems the MCU has run into. This is the kind of thing that DC at, would happen. They yes. would be like, tee hee hee. Yeah. <laughs> you That's what I was you don't employ say, quality like, people like we do. <laughs> you, you look at DC in the last like 10 to 15 years and they do nothing but hire these people who end up having problems. And Marvel has had a, a somewhat spotless record. Like occasionally they'll get somebody like Letitia Wright who comes out and is like, oh, vaccines are a scam. But, you know, she's not beating women up so i mean that's not quite as bad but yeah now jonathan majors he's he's attesting to his innocence but it's not a good look like a lot of people get famous and they don't all get accusations about this made against them so i where there's smoke is there fire i don't know we're gonna find out but he factors in so heavily i i you got to recast him, though. You got to recast him. Just be like, ah, this is the variant Kang. It's a different one than you saw before. <laughs> it's different from the thousand you saw before. Yeah, it's multiversal Kang. <laughs> oh, him. Uh, oh, I see. He, he who remains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't yeah. remain, it looks like. <laughs> oh, I see. Because Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, uh, Ethan put it in the chat. And I was yeah. like, who? <laughs> Not Kang, yeah. Wow. So I mentioned on my current episode, I believe it is, my Black Panther episode, I mentioned how I feel like they wasted Sterling K. Brown. They brought him in for a nothing role in Black Panther, and he was in and out in five minutes. Just screw it. Bring Sterling K. Brown in. He's Kang now. Variant <laughs> Kang, Sterling K. Brown. I'll take it. <laughs> you put you froze for our screen in the weirdest position. Is. <laughs> the voice kept going, but... <laughs> It was funny. If you fixed now, or else I would have totally taken a screen grab and sent it to you. 
Oh, it's and, and, and there is this thing where um, you go. There's a, there's a real life situation, but we don't. Part of the problem when you pay actors this exor- these exorbitant amounts of money, and when you put them on pedestals the way you do, is their humanity almost becomes detached from the fan base, and they just become a character. Yep. Jonathan Majors is in many ways a character to people who plays characters in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And so when something like this happens, they're unable to distinguish that this might <laughs> this is going to be an individual who's got real-world responsibilities that they may have to, to attest for or account for. And everything is alleged, and that's why we have a, that's why we have a legal system. But the number of tweets, because I went down for about five minutes today down the rabbit hole of both sides, just clicking on some, on some hashtags, free Jonathan Majors <laughs> for all sorts of stuff. Mm. along the lines of, you know, I don't believe he's guilty until he's guilty. Nothing wrong with that. But that's why we, we, we have a legal proceeding. Yeah. And that's why you can't do hashtag free Jonathan Majors. Uh, on the flip side, people who are saying he's justified for what he did because apparently she said this to him. A, even if she said the word that you know what I'm referring to, yeah. to him, it doesn't justify you strangling someone. No, not at all. So... In which case, you can't free Jonathan Majors, but it's it's such a weird thing where Twitter makes me sad. And it's the place where, for the pod, it's the place where we get the most of our engagement. Every, you know, I just did a whole thing about how I want to be best film ever. It's supposed to be best film ever pod. Yeah, yeah, true. And it's the place that I engage the most with. And it's the place where I've been able to make friendships like Stu and his cat, who just walked across the screen. <laughs> Or like Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die, or any of the friends who we've discovered. Mostly Twitter's been that method, that medium through which we've been able to exchange these bits. But yeah, it's been it's been bizarre. Yeah, I can imagine. So again, I, I don't saw understand the cat coming. Twitter. I had I had my microphone on mute because I saw him coming, and he is very loud when he approaches. Oh, but again, this part of me, and I can't help it. This part of me that goes, oh, because I I don't know Jonathan Majors. Oh, I don't. I saw the actor in the storyline they were setting up, and I'm going, oh, he was good. Yeah. I'm not sitting there going, let him finish it. I'm not saying that, but there's part of me that felt a pang going, a pang. A kang. <laughs> pang for kang. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, well, we'll, well, we'll have to be recast. Uh, again, very curious to see what the reaction is to The Flash this year. Uh, from a, a po- Did anybody actually take The Flash? You took The Flash, didn't you? Did I? In the Probably. box office, I think you did. They are releasing yeah. it, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're releasing it. It'll, it'll, it'll make all the money. Yeah, because as, as that's we, why I took it. As we saw in the Super Bowl, the trailer was, "Hey, Michael Keaton's in a new movie." Also, yeah. also starring the Flash <laughs> and Ben Affleck, Batfleck. Big, yeah. yeah, I like Batfleck. Yeah. They're saying that this is the last that they're both going to appear. I'm hoping Keaton's going to appear more. <laughs> Don't know. Well, but Keaton was supposed to appear in the Batgirl movie, but they shit canned that, so yeah. not so much. Do you think they'll come out? They'll go down in infamy and come out in about twenty years' time or something. I I hope so, just because you, can't you just now have you have best actor Brendan Fraser in that movie. Yeah, now. like he, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. Oscar winner Be- Brendan Fraser in that movie. Like, release it! Come on, yeah. And they're saying they're saying they don't want to release it because the test audiences did so poorly. But you look at what the test audiences are saying about Aquaman two, and it's like, well, there's no way Batgirl was as poorly reviewed as this is. <laughs> is it because there's nowhere for Batgirl to go though? And Jason Momoa is—I don't care how bad the movie is—you want him in your extended universe. 
Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I mean, I feel like with Batgirl, you have a clean slate, though. Like, if they're doing a new James Gunn-based clean slate universe, you can just plug Batgirl into that because she's not tied to anything. With Aquaman, you're tied to the, the Snyderverse, which they're so desperately trying to get away from. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still want to see Batgirl, but, you know. I know, so do I. <laughs> I was really close to pitching Black Adam for today's spot. Was he? I was. Oh, wow. And then I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score and when I really can't justify this. No. <laughs> and then, it's like 37%. I was like, yeah, it's I don't pretty think bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really quite bad. <laughs> uh, so there we go. So why are we doing this movie today? We're doing it because WrestleMania week, baby. Yeah. WrestleMania week. Two minute quick sidebar. Which match are you looking the most forward to, Stu? Uh, I guess the tag title match. And we talked you know, off recording the last time I talked to you about how much I thought Sammy needed to get another match with Reigns at WrestleMania. And I'm I'm still eminently disappointed that he's reduced to being in a tag team match, but he's still the most over guy in the company. And they have done a good job with the story with him and Jay and then him and KO. So it's the best storyline going into Mania. So I guess I'm I'm most excited for that. And it has to be the the main event of night one. I've heard talk that it might not be, and it has to be. You'd hope it is. Uh, I think it's going to be Charlotte Rhea myself, but yeah. Oh, God. I will be so mad if it is. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm all about Ray versus Dominic, which is saying something because yeah. I don't really like Ray Mysterio, but they've actually I never liked oh, Ray. No, I think, never. I think Domino's a kick. Just like he's not a good actor. He's just he's just so funny, though, because he's committing so hard to this stupid role they're he, giving him, and he makes me laugh. He is so easy to, to dislike, though, because because yeah. I already did. So <laughs> when you cast him as unlikable, I'm like steering to the skin. Absolutely. Is Ray Mysterio <laughs> the guy in the mask? He does all the backflips and jump through and doesn't do as many backflips <laughs> these days. But yes, is he that guy? Yeah, he is that guy. Oh, OK. Because yes. yeah. I thought he was quite entertaining when I saw bits of it. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen Ray in his prime in person a couple of times. It's amazing what the guy can do. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's very little as well, isn't he? He's yeah. Quite little. Yeah. He's yeah. like five, five. Yeah. Five, something like yeah, that. Yeah, five, 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 six. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. not very big. Well, I just thought he was quite entertaining because obviously he was in and out of the ropes, up and down, jumping, flipping. And because of the mask, you can come off as relatively ageless. Yeah, true. If you wear a mask or face paint, you can kind of, you know, it takes a little bit longer for Father Time to catch up to you visually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, why are we doing this film? We talked about that. So here's the pitch. So another wrestling fan. You got to hit this button from Felix. You do. An ex-hitman comes out of retire. Oh, whoops. That's the one for John Wick. <laughs> I didn't do my research this week. <laughs> Apologies, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the heck was that? What was that, Felix? <laughs> Seriously. He didn't. He didn't really do that. An ex-wrestler, maybe, comes out of... Uh, wrestlingness yeah uh so uh we're doing um they lived Re- directed and screenplay by john carpenter who of course did halloween uh his version of the thing uh big trouble <laughs> in little china escape from new york escape from la and so on and so forth cinematography by gary b bibby who did robocop 3 okay escape from la ghosts of mars music by john carpenter yeah he does a lot of his own who music. did uh the, the halloween yeah halloween series theme. i mean that, yes. that, that, that's a great theme well, yeah, oh, yeah, but that was through desperation, that was. I mean, he didn't have any theme, and the test audiences watched it without any music, didn't like it. So he put a bit of music to it that he came up himself and uh, gave it that gravity that needed. He's done a fair number of them, uh, including some of the new release music as well. Um, 
uh, he did music for the, the thing Big Trouble Little China, Escape from New York, Escape from LA, and some other modern yeah, stuff he that does. he did, wasn't even attached to. So there's that too. Oh, okay. And Alan Howarth, who did some stuff on 300, uh, Watchmen, The Darkest Hour, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Hobbs and Shaw. So the first time that you saw this movie, because mine was about an hour and a half ago. Mine was about, I don't know if that was, yeah, about, about six months ago. It was last year. About six months ago, I think. Because uh, a friend of mine, Carl, he, um, he's loved this movie, and he's, he's watched it several times, and has said to me, you should watch this film. I went, eh, it looks horror I'm not sure I like it. Eh, don't like <laughs> horror movies. He goes, well, it's not really horror. He said, and it's got the, the wrestler in it, Rowdy Piper. Um, Roddy Rowdy Piper. Rowdy Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, he's great, he's great. And I was like, oh. And that came in, came in my shop. Um, Did you DVD. think Mickey Rourke was in it for a minute? or <laughs> <laughs> the, so wrestler. the wrestler was in it. <laughs> and just because it came in the shop, I, I watched it. And I was pleasantly surprised by it, to be fair, because I wasn't expect. I was expecting horror, you know, like major horror. But that wasn't that. What does this come under? Is it horror? Is it? It's more, it's more sci-fi from my perspective. But I've only seen it the one time. Yeah, I don't know because some people kind of say it's a horror movie, but it's, I didn't feel. I didn't see a, didn't didn't see a whole lot of horror going on. I didn't on. feel that way. No. Yeah, I'd say like sci-fi action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Stu, what about you? What, what was your origin story with this movie? Oh, I definitely saw this when I was probably around 10 or so. Um, I used to, you know, spend every other weekend with my dad or whatever, and we would go to the video store and we would rent old wrestling pay-per-views like the old Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias and and horror movies. And I'm sure because we both liked 80s wrestling and Roddy Piper, we had rented this for the first time and he'd known about it. He'd seen and he was like, oh, you got to see this movie. Piper's in this movie. And yeah, I've just seen it several times in my life since then. See, I've been exposed to the Hulk Hogan movies. Oh, they're bad. I remember. <laughs> Why would you do that? I remember. I was so excited about No Holds Barred. I was so excited about it. What was the one in Paradise? And even as, a, Paradise. even as a kid, I went, "Oh, this is bad." Yeah. Um, you're thinking of Thunder in Paradise, but that was more of a TV show that had like a TV movie at the end of it. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, again, I didn't see it. He had a but... boat that was like that's right yeah, basically boom. basically it was to it was to yeah, they were trying to make like night rider on on the water <laughs> night rider come Baywatch. yeah in a sense uh i saw suburban commando wasn't as big on that mr nanny obviously and so but the, the thing was that roddy piper had done some films and they live had this cult-like status it does yeah but it, it was never something i was gonna look out for um but there's the line that gets shot even, even when when piper dies in his uh sort of end of uh eulogy end of career sort of video package they put out there yeah they do put in the iconic line from from this movie oh do yeah. and so i was aware of it and so i thought well now's a good time as any to sort of discover this i've seen a lot of movies for the pod lately that i haven't seen before and so i thought i'd add this to the list um and uh yeah so that was that was my sort of rationale for it. Love Roddy Piper. So um, that entry point was all right. Uh, the idea for They Live came from a short story called Eight O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson, originally published in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. There you go. There in go. November 1963, involving an alien invasion in the tradition of invasion of the body snatchers, which Nelson, along with artist Bill Ray, adapted into a story called Nada, published in the Alien Encounters comic anthology in April 1986. John Carpenter describes Nelson's story as a DOA type of story in which a man is put in a trance by a stage hypnotist 
When he awakens, he realizes the entire human race has been hypnotized and that aliens are controlling humanity. He has only until 8 o'clock in the morning to solve the problem. So John Carpenter gets the rights to the comic book and the short story and writes the screenplay. Mm. Uh, Because it was a part of so many sources, Carpenter decided to use the pseudonym Frank Armitage. Oh, that's right. It does say Frank Armitage when we watched it. That's an allusion to one of the filmmaker's favorite writers, uh, uh, which was uh, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Henry Armitage's character in one of his stories, The Dumbwich Horror. Carpenter has always had a close kinship with Lovecraft's worldview, and according to the director, Lovecraft wrote about the hidden world, the world underneath. His stories are about gods who were repressed, who were once on Earth and are now coming back. The world underneath is a great deal to do if they live. The film was shot in eight weeks during March and April of 88, principally on location in downtown L.A., with a budget only slightly greater than $3 million. Wow. Uh, which, if you consider what they came up with, actually, that's like a f- efficient use of the money, I think. Absolutely was released in north america november 1988 uh its original date had been originally for october 21st 1988 but been pushed back two weeks to avoid direct competition with the franchise he was intimately familiar with halloween halloween 4 the return of michael myers yeah had to be done so that's really about all the intro points before we go ahead and begin the, the, the deep dive and we begin with the old universal logo oh i love it there's no fanfare it's just silently coming around and i'm like oh this takes me back in time yeah absolutely (laughs) because the studio canal because we watched on youtube it was there it was it was was there there was a, a free version on youtube so i went score click and this very nice studio canal which is one of the major distribution companies here in in europe and then universal and all this feels more like it and then we begin with some blues music and graffiti. And I don't know what the riff was by John Carpenter in this film, but it was omnipresent. <sighs> it was like the slow trudging. It was blues. Blues. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Oh, maybe it's just to, to show you the trudgery or drudgery of life. I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. But it was just like. <sighs> Maybe it was supposed to be hypnotic. Maybe it was the maybe. signal. Maybe, maybe. hey, that, that's, that'd be quite clever. Yeah, maybe. but yeah, still wasn't wasn't feeling it. I understand it, but I just didn't like it. Meet George Nada, who uh, his name I think might even not even be said in, in, in the entirety of the movie by anybody. I don't think. No, uh, he's he's a drifter, and John Carpenter said he knew he needed someone with an everyman feel to this. And so he decided to hire Roddy Piper after watching him in WrestleMania 3, where he does his, which is weird everyman quality when you're walking down the ramp in front of 78,000 people. <laughs> yeah. To, to roll around on the ground with an, an, another guy, both wearing just your underwear, at the end of which you're going to cut his hair off as penalty for losing the match. This doesn't feel everyman to me. Who did, did he wrestle again? He wrestled adorable Adrian Adonis, if memory serves. Yeah. Oh. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah, I and believe so. It was if his, you've ever heard if you've ever heard the wrestler Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yes, it's yes, the yes. match where he earned the name the Barber because he came down and cut the guy's hair for him. That's uh, right. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. And so he was his retirement match. He was going to go to Hollywood and do movies, which makes it sound really like positive, like they left on good terms. Yeah, he got offered the role and was like gone. And Vincent Mann's like, "I'll find you a different movie. Don't do this movie." And he's like, "Nope, I'm going to do this movie. Thanks." But then again, I can understand because, I mean, look at The Rock. He said, why should I break myself in a ring when I can go and do a movie and get paid twice as much, if not more? Well, it's, it's, Stu, this is a really interesting one, actually, for maybe uh, you and I to have a sort of a sidebar on. 
because there's this it's kind of like being a wrestling fan is like being a fan of like a little indie band and you don't want them to become huge and go away and leave you oh okay and so it's really hard because you watch them leave and you sort of want them to do well but in the same breath you're watching this program every every week and you're like if they left this is gonna be worse okay yeah. <laughs> i see just I see. so there is this thing when they go away especially when you think they might not come back and rock was the fr- i mean hogan but that was so long ago there really wasn't anybody after hogan who left and tried to do it to the best of my memory kevin nash had some bit parts but he wasn't leaving to do giant chunks if memory serves mm-hmm. oh yeah no kevin nash just has like he was in john wick yeah Yes, he was. Oh, was he the, the... He's the guy who I spotted from 20 uh, Paces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. Um, and he was in The Longest Yard. He was in John Wick. And he was in Magic Mike. I forgot to mention that last week. He was in Magic oh, Mike. Oh, he is in Magic Mike. Yeah. yeah. He's in The Punisher. He's, he's actually really wow. good in Magic Mike. He's really funny. Yeah. Because he is really funny. That's, that, that's the secret. And Piper also is really funny. Um, but then when The Rock left, you're like, oh, he's not... It's kind of like he's paddling out. Yeah. <laughs> and Vincent Man's one of the cops on the shore going, we'll get him when he comes back. <laughs> and I feel like jaded wrestling fan me is like Keanu Reeves going, he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but it took like 15 years. So, But again, that was just because he could, wasn't it? It wasn't because he'd come back to do a major event as such. Ah, so, because of course you're going to make more money, and of course you're going to put your body on the line doing this, but yeah. there's something about that live version. I'm surprised we got Rock coming back for the times that we did. And now Cena's doing that thing, and then Batista was doing that thing. But Cena has done, like, films, like, 10 years ago, though, hasn't he? Yeah, but WWE films. Oh, yeah. okay, is that different? The Marine. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of film that you'd like. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just stuff blowing up, and there's very little story, and yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, these are all. <laughs> Did he do one called Twenty One Rounds or something? Yeah, same idea. Twelve well, rounds. I think it's twelve, 12 rounds. rounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrong way around. Yeah. <laughs> if it was successful and they released enough sequels, they'd get up to twenty one rounds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, so there were some of those things. But now he's leaving and doing like you know proper like main Hollywood studio sort of stuff. And they he does the rounds now, and he's one of the faces you see all the way around. Yeah, you know as, as you go through, and so that'll become more and more of a thing and roman reigns did hobbs and shaw he did a small role in that and i'm sure he's looking to get more into that as I well i love hobbs and shaw i mean roman reigns looks like he should be a movie star he just does I doesn't know he? what he looks like he looks like J- you give jason momoa a slightly better looking younger brother oh okay yeah wow wow yeah yeah, yeah. a little a little bit prettier Momoa's uh, like all man. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Reigns is like ten percent, just ten percent softer. That's all. Oh, nice. Well, she'll be bigger, but yeah. So there's that. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, he's at the unemployment office. We find out something happened in Denver, and they shut down all. I think he said all the banks. Yeah. Which it didn't look like he was a banker when he was swinging a hammer later. <laughs> no, he was a bank robber. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That's t- all the banks. T- tough on the robbers as well. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. It's not going to take too long to get through a deep dive on this one because not a lot happens. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, we meet some random street preacher played by Raymond St. Jacques. Uh, they made a big deal of, and the street preacher played by Raymond St. Jacques. So I wrote his name down. Yeah. I don't know this guy from anything. Mm-mm. Me either. And he didn't really, his character didn't really go anywhere. He didn't come back. No. <laughs> but he does say, like he says, we've, we've worshipped wealth. They are our masters. They are all around you, all about you. So if you go in with that 
kind of knowing or having a, you know, listening. It's not your typical biblical thing. He's warning about someone taking over, not about, mm. you know, the perils of, 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 uh, avarice. Yeah. Or, or greed. So, uh, at night, George is outside and it's cold enough that he has to warm his hands by the fire. So what that would say to me is it's too cold to open your window. Is that a fire yet, or a pipe of some sort? I don't know, but yet he can still hear the sound coming from the television in the in the apartment with the closed window. He can. That's right. And That's all the, right. All the commercials are like really heavily like saturated and like super high energy. And I very clearly got, okay, we've got a bit of a satire of consumerism taking place here. Mm-hmm. And we always see people just sat there kind of not quite zombified, but pretty close, entranced by the television and television is a means for um social control could you imagine living somewhere and then your window is right in an alleyway where there's people sleeping outside How <laughs> you just weird. look outside and there's a there's an angry scotsman looking through your window watching your television <laughs> yeah canadian uh, <laughs> he's real to me damn it from, <laughs> we never questioned as a kid he's got the kill with the bagpipes he sounds just like everybody else there's no accent <laughs> what there. is the connection between scotland and North America, Canada. Uh, for, the, for the most part, Nova Scotia, a Canadian province, means New Scotland, oh, if, you, if you go back to the Latin. Okay. Uh, but typically, uh, when, when America wins its uh, War of Independence, um, anybody who was still a royalist was given the opportunity to go north to British North America, which at that point had just really been New France. But, hence why the French speaking, Hence why there was a lot of French yeah, yeah. Quebecois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and so when the Brits win New France 80 years before that, they basically, no, not that many years, sorry, 30 years before that, they basically go, hey, we're outnumbered like 20 to 1. You guys can live your lives just as you always were. We're not going to get in your way. And then ha- the American Revolution happens and all of the royalists and the loyalists come across the border. And also we're going, oh, it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, away. And so Canada's always been the place you go to if you're kind of want to maintain those British sort of connections. America's often referred to as a melting pot. Yeah. Canada, at least for a while, was always referred to as a cultural mosaic, meaning in America, if you come there, the idea is you're this American, you're Italian American, you're yeah. Spanish American, you're African American, you're whatever the case, case, case might be. Yep. But the key idea is that you've become an American. All people come here, you melt down into this chili pot <laughs> of, a, of Americana. In Canada, you don't have to you you don't have to be melted down. You get to stay who you are. Now, there's a merit, there's a dismerit to that too, because the argument would be they never really fully embrace the Canadian yeah. kind of corporate, kind of homogenous sort of side of it. Yep. And so you can remain Scottish. You can remain Spanish. You can remain. Um, where, wherever it is that you came from, you can find a pocket of um, similar people and go, look, we, we've, we've got our own little community within this large community within Canada. And Canada was always like, we're cool with that. Yeah, because I always wondered because, you know, like Mike Myers or Michael. No, yeah, Mike, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Michael Myers is the guy who stabs yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always get the wrong way around. Um, you know what? Let's change this. Let's have Michael Myers and Garth <laughs> and do that Grey Poupon bit. That's brilliant. <laughs> excuse me. Instead of excuse me, you have a Grey Poupon, it's just he rolls down the window and just stab. <laughs> well, Michael, I said we shouldn't do that anymore, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mike Myers take every, Manhattan. Every time he stabs somebody, Garth says, swing. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, my, you have to put Mike Myers now in Halloween and yeah, have him yeah. running around going, you know. <laughs> Yeah, just him running around yelling, yelling at Jamie Lee Curtis, donkey. (laughs) (laughs) So such as, but his his relations are um, Scottish. Am am I right in saying that? His dad's English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his dad's English, and so there's always been a strong link that I know about. The Scottish part's part of that as well, and so in Canada, it would not be unusual in the slightest to have like it happened. When I was a kid, we'd have these fall fairs or these big parades that would go through the town for whatever reasons. Yep. And pipe bands were a regular feature. Oh, okay. So these sort of like one of the biggest uh, Scottish sort of locales in North America is in a place called Fergus, Ontario, Canada. Yep. And there's always, if it's not Scottish, it's crap kind of signs everywhere and the celebration of old Scottish heritage. So that's still very Canadian. So Roddy Piper all the way over in Saskatchewan, skinny kid picks up some bagpipes, legitimately learns how to play them. Wow. Realizing if he goes to the States, he can get booed for this real easy. And I'm just going <laughs> to segue into one part where he went down to Mexico, and this is like the 70s, right? Yeah. And you get what they call heel heat. You know, I want people to boo me. Yep. Through any means possible. So he starts saying, like, just some really racist stuff. Because it was the 70s, and yep. that's the yep. way they, they sort yeah. of played yep. things. Yep. And it was so much, there was like police action getting involved. And he promised everybody he was going to um, make an apology to the uh, people of, of that town in the ring that night. Yeah. So everybody buys a ticket because they want to hear Roddy Piper apologize. <laughs> and he doesn't. And he says, he goes, I want to use my bagpipes to play the national anthem of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. And he plays La Cucaracha. <laughs> which is that so he realizes i can use these bagpipes which already have kind of it's marmite you love a bagpipe or you hate a bagpipe i love a bagpipe did you know i love it do you know the queen used to be woken up to a bagpipe that sounds good to me it's a good alarm clock a bagpiper out the out the window there you go in the morning yeah so yeah, and even down in, uh, if you get down all the way to Wrestle, not WrestleMania, SummerSlam 92, they have a giant pipe bed because it was in Wembley Stadium here in the UK. Yep. Piper doesn't wrestle, but there's a pipe band who plays, and he grabs his pipes and he joins them. Wow. Which is actually really quite cool. That you can, you, is and cool. You, you can hear the audio. It's not, it's not piped in. <laughs> I wasn't trying. It just, <laughs> I just recognized it was coming out. <laughs> But no, you can hear a diegetic sound when he jumps in. You can hear and it lines up. The guy could legitimately play. That's, that makes it better. Yeah. I think. Anyway. So you're supposed to meet a skinny kid with bagpipes, then you work out for a while. And you know, he, looks, he looks huge in this movie. He does look huge he in does, this movie. He does, yeah. Like I, I was telling Liam, I'm like, I've seen a lot of Roddy, Roddy Piper matches. He's never looked in that good shape to me. No, no. As a wrestler, he was he looked like freaking me. Yeah, he was just playing. <laughs> he just, He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's just, just a plain-looking guy. guy, yeah. Yeah, he, got, he had no definition when he wrestled. He wasn't a really a great athlete. <laughs> he, no. He got by on charisma and and his ability to, to talk. Well, yeah. then, can you see why he wanted to leave, then? <laughs> why <laughs> Piper wanted to leave? Yeah, why he wanted to leave wrestling, because obviously oh. if he didn't have that star quality or feel about him, then... He's one of the biggest... I think there's nowhere for him to go but down. Oh, okay. Because he, he recognized it early. He works Hogan at WrestleMania 1. Yeah. He yeah. is the guy opposite Hogan, and he never gets pinned. So he can always say, you never beat me, not really, because they do tag matches or he'd get disqualified, or but he never have his, has his shoulders put down to the mat. 
So what that means is you can always come back and, and sort of be on that same level. Yeah. But if he sticks around, there's nowhere to go but down. So WrestleMania 2, he's doing okay. He does a one-on-one boxing match. Not a real boxing match, a fake boxing match. <laughs> you can imagine how fake a fake boxing match looks, <laughs> especially when you're boxing Mr. T. <laughs> wow. Oh, and here's the deal. Yeah. How cool is that? Piper didn't like T and T didn't like Piper. Legit. Wow. Legit. So T was terrified. Piper was going to like go for real on him. Oh, okay. And Piper hated the fact that Mr. T was coming in to a world that he didn't respect, to a world that he didn't pay his dues in. Who is this guy? Piper's very about the brotherhood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So then you get to three, and he's sort of kind of working a part-time schedule, but I think he sees the right on the wall, and he goes, I got to go away. I got to go away. And then every time he would, he'd come back for a bit, and he'd be a big deal. Okay. But if you stick around too long, you're just one of the guys. So when Hollywood comes a-calling, you... Oh, you take that opportunity take, anyway. Take, take, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good on him. So I feel like I want to go and watch a few matches now. Sometimes when Frogtown comes a calling. <laughs> that's one that'll have to be a future year. <laughs> that's the other one. That's they live in Frogtown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it Hell Comes to Frogtown? Is that hell Comes called? to Frogtown, yeah. yeah. I've never seen that. Have you not? I've never seen <laughs> I've never heard of it. So <laughs> Um, and so, uh, we've said that already. He goes to a construction site and asks for a job. We find out it's a union job. And then we cut away to a bunch of guys looking like they're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Union John Carpenter social commentary. I think there's a commentary here about, about the unions and what the unions are doing to America. You mean you can't, is it a bit like, um, if you're an actor, you can't act in big films unless you have a, a card membership type thing. I think unions, there, the same unions are there to protect people in the unions. And the idea being that if you want a job, but there's a union guy who can who can do the job, they always beat you out. Oh, okay. Because hap- it stops you from hiring cheaper labor. Oh, okay. So when he looks over and, the, and no one's doing anything, yeah, 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 there's a commentary there. And then when he asks if he could speak to the, is it the shop steward he asks yeah, for? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess either it means he's in a union or he's going to fake his way through it or something. Either way, he, he's Probably got a job soon. his way through, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he's got his shirt off, which I was like, whoa, he looks jacked. That's probably why. <laughs> and he's working harder than anybody else. Like, he's doing, like, double the pace they all are. And we cut away to a familiar face, and we meet Frank, played by Keith David. I like, I've seen him in other things. Uh, he have seen him in The Thing. Yeah. Oh, in in the thing. Uh, This would be John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. As opposed to Stan Lee's. I seem to remember him in in a uniform of some sort, like an admiral or a captain or something. Don't know. I don't know. He's been in a ton of movies, so I'm sure you're right. He looks very familiar. I hate to go out to a film we didn't like so much. Remember when we did Coraline? Yeah. He's the cat. Oh. Yeah. He's the voice of the cat. Yeah, yeah. He, He was briefly in Nope last year. Oh, okay. He's the dad in Nope. Oh, I haven't seen Nope. I haven't seen it either, but I know of it, yeah. Um, He was in Community for one of his last seasons. Not seen that. Oh, yeah. When when Chevy Chase gets fired, they go, we need an old person. (laughs) Remember when Keith David was on the show? He was funny. Let's bring him back. Thing is, he's got a very... um, Distinct voice? Distinct voice. And he's got a very good stage presence about him, a screen presence. Mm -hmm. It was so weird to see him this young. I didn't know how to process this. Um, George is threatened and outed by, by the, by the, uh, oh, what do they, what do they call the guy in charge? 
the foreman. The foreman, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But by the by the foreman for for sleeping rough. You better not be sleeping on the job site. <laughs> it's like thanks for playing it cool, dude. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um and she goes to leave and Frank comes up and tells George, Hey, I know a place that serves hot food. And there's a little bit where he sort of falls behind and lets um Keith David um lead. And Keith David gets all upset and goes, I don't like people I don't like anyone following me. See, I didn't think he was following him. That's he the just, problem. They, they didn't really give it enough time to look like that was what was happening. No, it looked like he was going, oh, you've caught up now, have you? Yeah. Oh, you are and going goes, to. Oh, I don't like joining up with a man until I see where he's going. I'm like, okay, so these two are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, we find out Frank's backstory. He hasn't seen his wife and kids in six months. They're back in Detroit, and he's got a viewpoint. The golden rule. You know the golden rule, don't you? He who has the gold makes the rules. And he's kind of the realist. And Piper's kind of like the idealist. I still believe in America. Hard day's work for a hard day's pay. And I think he's the typical, he's, he's, he's the guy who represents us. He's blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's blind. You're ignoring all of the obvious signs in front of you. Until you see it with your own eyes, you're not going to pick it out. Because this whole thing's a metaphor. And then we follow his journey through it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to get too heavy into anything here, but it's also the, you know, a, a fairly downtrodden white guy versus a fairly downtrodden black guy. And the black guy's like, hey, I know how bad systemically I, everything can be. I know and the, the system's white guy's like, And the white guy's like, nah, shit's fine. Well, I yeah, just yeah. have to work harder and the try white, better. The white guy's going, America works. If you keep working hard, things break your way. And the black guy's like, we've obviously been watching different movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If this was about me and my backstory, not the case. No. <laughs> um, so George tells him to have some patience. I've just put that not mildly. Frank's not feeling it. Nope. So he asked him, how are you going to make it? That's, uh, that's Frank to George. George's hard days work for a hard days pay. I believe in America. Everyone's got their own hard times these days. Clear. Oh, this has got to be an ad lib, right? It's got to be an ad lib. <laughs> Hard Times was a very famous wrestling yeah. promo by Dusty Rhodes, the oh. son of a plumber. Oh, okay. And it's one of those ones where he spoke to the audience in the middle of an economic downturn in the, in the, in the mid-80s. Yep. And he was like, everybody, put your hands towards the TV screen. It's like Dora the Explorer, right? He's like, <laughs> put your hands out. And your hand is going to feel my hand. And Dusty, like had such a way with cadence and the way that he sort of carried his, he was so charismatic. He was way too fat to be a pro wrestler. Oh, okay. Like, and he even says, <laughs> he even says, my, my, some people say my body's a bit too big. My booty's just a bit too big, but he's like, you know, I represent you. I, if you're having a hard time, if you're the guy who works at a factory and then is told tough luck, daddy, go home. You got a gold watch, but no way to feed your family tonight. I want you to reach your hand out. So it's almost like a preacher. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's so charismatic. Wow. And so when when one of his compatriots, a guy around the same time, says everyone's got their own hard times these days, that's gotta be a planted. It must line. Be. It it's must got be. to. It must be. Yeah. It's too perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George then says, "How can I make this theme a little bit more like the 1980s? I know what I'll do. I'll play the harmonica." <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't get to be, you don't get your your drifters union card either if you can't play the harmonica. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and then he watches. There's another commercial of some girl with fingernails getting like typing with them. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. This is, there's a message here clearly about commercialism. Yeah. Right. About spending yourself into happiness. Yeah. As a way to sedate yourself. 
I mean, it's kind of like it's the Matrix, but no one's plugged us in. Yeah. 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 Because we keep referring back to the TV screens with the when there's like a montage of screens and people are standing there watching it, taking it all in, aren't they? Yeah. There was this media theorist called George Gerbner, and he believes that we get our values fed to us very, very slowly. And if you look at things like even the way that we treat uh, gender on the TV and things that would be would have been jokes, The Office, for, for example, there's jokes that were on The Office that were, what, 12 years ago maybe? That you, uh, yeah, well, a little more than that, yeah. You couldn't do that now. True. You couldn't do like 80% of the material in The Office now, <laughs> which is weird because when it's new, we go, oh, you can't do that. It's still on Netflix. You can still watch it. People still post it because it wasn't released. It wasn't, it didn't come out now. Yeah. We're going, oh, that's okay. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's okay. But in the same, because I think comedy's uh, turning into a place where, oh, it's just, I wouldn't want to be writing professional comedy these days. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Comedy. Problem is with comedy, I don't think you should sensitize comedy in the way that we see society because if so, you do, then you have to sensitize everything because you're saying that one thing is more valued than the other. You've kind of got Ricky Gervais's thesis on your, on your brain here, which is you can't be offended by them. They're just jokes. But yeah. So you're offended. You can choose to be offended. You can choose not to be offended. They are just jokes. I, I write words down. I, I surprise you with, with the end point. We do the setup, so you think it's going somewhere, and then when it doesn't go to that place, that's called the punchline, yeah. and that changes it, and there's nothing inherently wrong with a joke. He's a very clever man, though. He's a very clever man, but he's got a very specific uh, ideology about, about comedy. Yeah. You can't be offended by this. That would be a choice, and yada, yada, yada. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> I talked about The Office. Where was I going with this? Oh, George Gerbner. That's right. But he says the number one means by which we have these conversations as a society is the television. Oh, okay. The television is the number one means because it drip feeds us because it's slow. It's a day by day thing that we engage with. Yeah, true. Now, I don't, I don't know what he would have done with the internet and social media because I think that's replaced the conversation now. I think the conversation is oh, yeah. taking place there mm. because there also used to be passive drip fed yeah. was, the, was the concept so you're just sitting there kind of just going drip 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 which i think is what this film i think gerbner would love this film yeah because it's exactly what he's talking about mm-hmm. as opposed to social media which is performative you have to both receive but you, but you definitely have to contribute yeah so yeah with the with the tv you're getting essentially like hollywood is telling you how this message is coming to you whereas in the modern social media era it's you find anybody in the world and you can get your information from them. It's not just limited to like, these are the people that are put on the TV. Now we all have access to it. We all have the ability to, to send the message. You find your echo chamber and then you go attack someone else's echo chamber and most righteous one standing wins. See, that don't appeal to me. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to lay it with thick layers of facetiousness I know, I know, there. I know, I know. But no, it's a scary thing, man. Seriously, it is. Yeah. I, I knew a pod, I knew a pod that went, it, it was our, uh, they were, what were they called? Quantum Week. We used to talk about it a lot when we first started yes, the pod. Yeah, we did, yeah. They would go back to a week in time and they would analyze the film that was, it had to be in the top five in the box office and it was a song that was on the Billboard top 40 or top 10 or whatever it was. Yep. And they'd review each of those. So it was really, kind of like two pods in one, but it was, oh, it, but the top was around the world. It was a really cool idea. And then they'd made the mistake of, trashing mariah carey oh okay and one person from a mariah carey fan group got a hold of it 
spread it. Blew up. And they all did an attack on the pod. Oh, really? And they gave him a bunch of (laughs) one-star reviews. Wow. And they never recovered because that means the algorithm's never going to work. Like, you're not coming back from it. No, that's true. And unless you had like 10,000 people give you five-star reviews to to counteract it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, so the algorithm's never going to recommend you. So if you wanted to keep this thing going... So and they were busy doing other things too. I think the gimmick wore itself off, which was a shame because they launched a fairly successful Patreon. But then they eventually just went ahead and called it. It was it was a real shame. But it was just, and that's not even about a social issue. That's just a bunch of people going, yeah. "Mariah's our queen. Get him." Yeah, Jeez. yeah, that's bad though. Not nearly, not nearly the same thing. But uh, several weeks, months ago at this point, I was just perusing internet stuff, and I found out that the Birds of Prey movie. That uh-huh. came out with that movie's like us an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh-huh. and I posted that on Twitter, and I was like, "How the hell is this movie?" Like, I would have guessed this movie was like a thirty percent, and like nobody, like nobody slammed me over it because I was very respectful to everybody in the comments. But the comments were like, "That movie's great," and it's like I've never in my life heard a single person say a good uh-huh. thing about this movie. But I trashed I it one. online, and all of a sudden, like its entire fan base came out and i was like all right i guess i had this gimmick for a because you know i'm always trying to do some sort of side sort of what's the next sort of friday format thing we can do to sort of liven up and i wanted to do one um around this movie i wanted to do one where i had one person who hated the movie and one person who loved the movie and have them kind of almost like do like like almost like a, like a judge judy thing where like you're presenting your case for the movie yeah and then you put it out there to the world and go who won yeah and i was gonna invite m from verbal diorama because she loves birds of prey and i'm like was it birds of prey or was it ghostbusters it was one of them but i think we've had conversations <laughs> we've had conversations about both movies yeah, though yeah, yeah. and i and my argument was and it remains to me because whenever i get into an argument about birds of prey it comes to but there were women in all the important roles and i go yes that's the starting point that is not enough to qualify it as a good movie that just yeah. means well done You've realized there's room for this movie in the universe. It doesn't escape it from any of the same expectations for plot, for character, for for any of those things. A bunch of women are just as capable of making a terrible movie as a bunch of men. Uh, this yeah. is this is every part of feminism. It would be anti-feminist of me to not hold it to the same standard. But you know the funny thing, though, right? Suicide Squad. Which one? Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad? Uh, the first one. Suicide Squad. Yeah, that one. Okay. John um, Cena or no John Cena? <laughs> yeah, John Cena. No, no John Cena. The first one. No John Cena. Okay, yeah, 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 that's yeah. Suicide Squad. Yes. Yes. Okay. What would you say, Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad? Stupid. So we can have conversations like this. <laughs> why, well, why? Why are the Scream movies Scream One, Scream Two, Scream Three, Scream Four, Scream, yeah, Scream Six? Yeah. Why? Hey, Stupid. I'll start talking about the Fast and Furious and their logic behind the, <laughs> the naming of it. <laughs> yeah, not wrong. But anyway. In the first movie of that, Harlequin was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Right? I was so up for a solo so, movie. So was I. Yeah. But how disappointing did that fall? You oh, know, it was, it, it it was like, so bad. You know, all the good yeah, bits about her changed in a second. I I want I love you and McGregor. I wanted to love this movie. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to love this movie. I oh. love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I, I yeah. love the character Renee Montoya from the comic. She's a fantastic character with a lot of layers, and they just turned her into a goof. Yeah. And they turned Mary Elizabeth Winstead into a goof. And it was just like, yeah, this is a dumb movie. And Harley Quinn never came across as crazy. She just no. came across as a dick. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, she was great in the first Suicide Squads, but you know, she was. She, I thought she was very good in the Suicide Squad as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But who? I mean, I don't know who directed Birds of Prey. Were they different to the others? It wasn't Penny Marshall, was it? I don't know. No, <laughs> I can't imagine it was. I feel like I would know that if it was. Uh, David Ayers directed Suicide Squad. James Gunn directed The Suicide Squad. Release the Ayers and cut. I, <laughs> and I'm 99% sure Ayers didn't do Birds of Prey, and I know James of Gunn did, or James Gunn did. There was just such a big difference in yeah. in the quality of the character. <laughs> Sorry, it was, it was Kathy Yan. My apologies. Kathy Yan. Okay, yeah. Penny just Marshall. Such- <laughs> that was cool. Well, she was lined up to do um, Thor too, wasn't she? Penny Mart, maybe I don't know. Yeah, she was. She was canned from the from the, the film, and I'm sure it was Penny Marshall. And that's why, um, 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 oh, Princess Amidala, um, Natalie Portman. That's it. Jane Foster herself, Natalie Portman, came out so. Like negative. That's why she like quit Marvel for like seven years. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. She was proper yeah. angry about that. Oh okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. So, I'd be more angry about having a star in Thor too, but that's just me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're still trying to Thor, aren't you? Oh, it's a dark world. It's a dark world. <laughs> well done. Well done. Anyway, let's throw this out there somewhere in the ether. Let's um so um as the nails commercials going on the um i don't know if it was gilbert or that or, or oh the, the the hacker jumps in on the tv screen overtakes the signal and if you look outside there's a blind preacher we don't know he's blind yet but he's mimicking everything that the preacher is saying sort of like the hacker is saying the like, like saying, he's a conduit yeah but then that doesn't really pay off and go anywhere no no um george then watches the hacker as they rush the preacher into the house what's the signal being this is where he's borrowed the binoculars from some kid who never got him back never got him back no he's there all night isn't he yeah you know you didn't think he might get just bought him for a second no yeah. Nor we have given forever. I have nothing to offer you. It was, yeah, nothing. It was also a really strange thing because we weren't given access to it. Like they kept us at a distance. We were like hanging out with Frank. Yeah, and we just watch George go over and ask for them, but we don't get the conversation. No, it seems like a really strange time just to switch who we're aligned to for that brief moment. Yeah, it did seem weird. Yeah. So uh, the next day, Roddy calls out uh, Gilbert for being in the church until four a.m. Um, singing church songs we get told that the middle <laughs> class is slowly disappearing uh and the signal must be cut off at the source this is another one of the jump-ins by the hacker um i guess if you're in a tent city all you have to do is watch it also seemed really weird to go it's cable 54 and i'm like oh, my knowledge of cable tv is not the greatest but they're clearly receiving this through a tv antenna yeah which would mean that it's not cable, cable. <laughs> just a thought it's odd isn't it Cable was such, I don't know. Did, did you have cable growing up? Um, By 1988, I don't believe so. Although I do remember being little and watching Nickelodeon at some point. So maybe. Okay. I don't know exactly when we got it. I remember being like single digits years old and actually watching Nickelodeon. So it might have been by the late 80s. Because I moved from England where we had four channels to Canada. I don't remember what the TV was like at my, because we stayed with my aunt and uncle for like, I don't know eight weeks yeah and then we got our own place and before too long i remember 
one of those boxes that sat on top of your TV, and that was your cable box. And you didn't turn the TV stayed on channel three. You turned the, the the channel on your cable box. Oh wow! And that got you your thirty. It was like thirty stations or something like that. That's what it got you. So you didn't have that until Sky came along. When would that have been? <sighs> Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. So is Sky over here, like what cable is over there? Uh, well, I don't know. Did Sky, when did Sky turn into people having dishes on the side of their house? Yeah. When did that happen? Oh, when, about, well, my, my aunt and uncle actually had a big one in the garden. That's We, we had those as well. Huge big one in the yeah. garden, and then it came to small that's dishes. How, that's how I watched most of my wrestling growing up. We used to have to <laughs> move it around sometimes yeah. to get like, a signal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> But I thought that was like really high tech. Oh, we used to get channels. Yeah, that was completely different. We get my my buddy had one of those, and it's how we got to. So you could watch all the wrestling pay per views if you weren't that bothered about sound. You could get them for free. Oh, okay. So it wasn't scrambled, but you used to had no audio. I, oh, okay. So so some of the stuff made a lot of sense. I watched WrestleMania ten. So I was really confused. If you remember WrestleMania ten, Stu, when uh, Yokozuna gets disqualified by Lex Luger, who's or Mister Perfect, yeah. who's the guest referee. Um. Yeah, that's Luger gets disqualified by Perfect. That was really hard to figure out without audio, but we made it through it. We watched a WCW pay-per-view one day, and we couldn't follow anything. Because without, <laughs> without sound to explain the nonsense, like 19 the nonsense guys. Of WCW. 19 yeah. guys ran down. We're like, clearly it's a no DQ match. And then like one baby face interfered, and they threw it out. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening here. <laughs> So vaguely funny tangent here, since we, you know, we've done a couple tangents here. Uh, my sister-in-law is like 13 to 14 years younger than us. And yep. she watched the movie Poltergeist for the first time. And, you know, you get to the what? end of the day and there TV he, went off and it just went to static. <laughs> and my, my sister-in-law was like, why didn't they just change the channel? Why didn't they put on MTV or something? <laughs> and we had to explain like, yeah, no, TV used to end. Yeah, TV it just did, stopped. Yeah. They played the national oh. anthem and TV was done. When yes. did they stop doing that? Because I remember at like, three in the morning, this ends our broadcast day. And I used to have that girl with the chalkboard and stuff over here on BBC. Yeah, I think that's specific to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would say that. And what? Then, then they didn't play static. the national anthem of say, America in the and States, England when TV was over? In the States, they played the anthem. I think in Canada, we just get like, uh, we just got like the, the, the color test pattern. And then it yeah. went, and then it went dark. They did play the national anthem over here, not the American, really? but obviously the British national anthem. I don't think we, I don't think we did that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did. Cause, give, uh, give it five years, it'll happen. Because I'm, cer- I'm certain that at one point there was like a world turning. Yeah, probably. Or something, and then it would just go. I wonder boom. how long before they realize it's really not that much more expensive for us to hire one guy to keep the TV on the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, not, especially as we move towards a 24 hour production cycle where people start getting jobs on third shift or afternoon shift. And they, yeah. And they realize there's money to be made, and you don't really have to do anything besides throw a rerun on. Yeah. Yeah. It's mental. It is. Half an hour commercial for knives at four in the morning. That's all Oh, infomercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never really had that over here. Oh, really? Oh, infomercials Aww. are great. Oh, the my, my Mount Rushmore of uh, <laughs> infomercials. Yeah, the, the, the Chop It, whatever oh. it was called. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the uh, Nutribullet Vince Vince for Chop It was that it? <laughs> it was Vin- he's the same guy who did Sham Wow as well. Yeah, Vince, yeah. Vince was great. Vince, didn't Vince die young? He got into a lot of legal trouble. Did I he? don't remember if he died. Okay, though. I knew something happened where like he was gone. Yeah, 
Oh, he was great. So it was an infomercial, a bit like QVC over here. I don't know what that is. QVC was like a channel you could tune into on Sky, and they'd be selling a product. No, that's a, that's called the that's not like the shopping channel. We had that as well. Oh, okay. So so an infomercial would be like it's halfway between a scripted show and you'd have an audience for it. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you ever seen the episode of Friends where Joey's like, now I can have milk every day. Yeah, yeah. And they've got him like, they call him Kevin. and he, That's an infomercial where he's appeared on. So it's like a 30-minute, almost like a mini narrative thing where you have oh, this okay. fictitious conversation. So first of all, they try to solve a Nutribullet. But Nutribullet's like this little blender, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, can the Nutribullet just do smoothies? Well, it's like, well, <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of friends coming around. They don't, I don't think smoothies are going to work. Well, it can also work with alcoholic drinks. Really? Yeah. It's so easy. And there's having a bag of ice on the, here's a bag. Let's put some of that in there. But what is one so, oh, I so and so, but I, my friend likes the verge, but I like a little bit of rum. Oh, we all like rum, don't we? The audience goes, <laughs> they clap and then we pour it in. <laughs> and they like walks. So it's like half scripted, half product demonstration that lasts. And, and all the time, like, the, the, the phone number just keeps popping up on the bottom for that one specific item. But it's not like a home shopping network thing where the same host would sell different things on different days. Oh, okay. this, you would make this and then you would you would buy time on these these times when you get tre- really cheap um, cheap cheap airtime, which would be like three hours, in the morning. Hours the, yeah, yeah. yeah. And hours. so you go ahead and you put this on. I'm so glad and I didn't they, catch on made. <laughs> they of course made famous the phrase, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's uh, from infomercials, yeah. It's oh, it's like wow. it's like the the knives that can cut through a can yeah, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So uh <laughs> We're getting cut. We're all over the place. We <laughs> Sorry. I feel no, like that was my fault. I didn't say it's just the funniest parts of the episode most times. Uh, Roddy sees the guy go back to church and we hear them sing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. It's a very <laughs> old hymn. Let me hide myself in thee, as he literally goes and hides in the church. Um, and we see instead, I guess it's supposed to be, you know what says science? Test tubes. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Just test tubes, no charts explaining what they do. Just <laughs> just test tubes and yes, various this one's the green tube. This one's the blue tube. <laughs> Wouldn't you have thought though, with such um stuff going on with these sunglasses, wouldn't the technology behind it, wouldn't you have had some sort of detection that someone's just come in? And well, this is underground though, isn't it? Is it? Oh, this is an underground resistance movement. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah underground resistance movement, but yeah. You know, uh, when, or a guy at the door. Yeah, <laughs> just a guy watching Something. the door. And he even trips <laughs> over some stuff. Like I think yeah. we're, we're we're before yeah. the age of CCTV cameras still. Well, yeah, but I mean, you'd still have some sort of something guy guy at the yeah. door, or even less. A we little- say it. Lock the door. Yeah. I was going to say a little wire with a bell on it. <laughs> That'd be cool. Maybe don't make the blind guy the watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. On the wall, we see in big letters, they live, we sleep, roll credits. Uh, we cut to the sanctuary. Uh, the singers are a recording, and we see the hackers sitting there, and they're all talking about the plan. So they they can't even get their signal to travel the 150 feet it is between the church. And, like, here's my question. Like, yeah. it's cool that you're doing that, but if you really just want to reach people, why don't you have Buddy just go walk over to them and say, hey, guys, turn off a TV for a minute. I got some stuff to tell you. Yeah, listen to us. Just just walk around and be like, hey, free sunglasses. 
Exactly. Exactly. Although I think I think in that meeting, one of them says that he's like, why don't we just go out and pass out the product? And the other guy's like, that's too slow. I'm like, what yeah, you're doing true. is too slow. No. Um, Roddy stumbles and he finds a breakaway panel. He pushes it back and f- and then he turns around to the blind preacher, like strangling him. <laughs> P- Piper's definitely ad-libbing his response to the blind preacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, a helicopter goes round overhead and back at the campsite, some guy is talking about epidemics of violence taking over, but it's the same at the end of every century. <laughs> okay. Cliff Clavin has entered the chat. Um, uh, Roddy borrows some binoculars. Oh, this is where he borrows binoculars and watches Gilbert loading up boxes with sunglasses on. Uh, he stays there until nighttime. I've got my notes. What happened to this guy's job? Yeah. Is this Saturday? Well, I don't think it is. It, it, he explains later, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's spying until he pans up and sees a helicopter. And the worst part is he's got the binoculars and he's looking around. And it's all real quiet. And then he looks up and we all see it through a point of view shot, right? He looks up <laughs> and then we see and the sound of a helicopter is now <laughs> deafening. Yeah. I never put that together, but shit, you're right. Yeah. I hate yeah. it when a helicopter sneaks up on me like that. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? Because that's what they're notorious for. Huh? Who hasn't been there when a helicopter's <laughs> just there? Uh, uh, <laughs> just chop that into the, the scene. <laughs> the cops come with riot gear and a bulldozer, and they just take out the tent city. I'm like, I do yeah, not get it. I don't understand that The tent bit. city wasn't doing anything. No. Well. no. If, anything, you, there. if anything, you're just reinforcing people's need to want to find something to, else to believe in besides the system. Yeah. It gave no reason why that just teared through. If they came and took people away because of their end purpose, totally fine with that. Yep. But yeah. they just destroy everything, and nothing goes, outside of that, nothing goes wrong. No. Yeah. Weird. Uh, later on, Hot Rod comes around the back of the church and finds the <laughs> cop beating up the hacker and the blind preacher. And rather than be the hero, he just kind of keeps going. Yeah. He's, he saves one kid. Yeah. This, who uh, I thought. Like a 30-year-old kid. I thought it was Carrie Elwes for a minute. I had to look him up. <laughs> I'm like, is this Wesley from The Princess Bride? <laughs> it's and I thought Pirate gonna, Roberts. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was going to go somewhere else with him. Yeah, no. <laughs> he finds some kid. They break into a house. Thank God it was say, deserted. Does he, does he take him into a crack house? I don't understand. It looks, it looks the, like it might be. The one guy in that house totally seems high out of his mind, right? Yeah. You're yeah. not wrong. I was struggling with the movie at this point. Uh, the day after, the 10 cities all but wiped out. More over-commercialized commercials. Uh, that's right. Over-commercialized commercials are juxtaposed <laughs> against the flames from the tent community. Roddy goes back to church, kicks any panel because they're all going to have breakaway panels, finds a cardboard box and scurries around the back. I've got my notes. Is this Sunday? If it's not Sunday, he's fired. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. He said, hey, it's your fault, boss. You told me I couldn't sleep on site. I've been walking for days. <laughs> The box is full of sunglasses. He keeps one pair for himself, stuffs the rest in a trash can. At this point, I think to myself. For hiding. Yeah. I'm like, is there nowhere else you could stash these? <laughs> but why stash them? I guess he doesn't want to carry them with him. He doesn't know what the perp, what, what the benefit of the, sun, the sunglasses are at this point. Yeah. Yet. So if he doesn't yeah. know, why don't you just leave the he's, box on the floor? He's homeless. He doesn't have a home to put them in. Well, no, he just has but a garbage he clearly can. think he's going to come back for them. But yeah. why? If he if they're no meaning to him, 
Because at one point he just picks up a pen and goes, oh, wait a minute. Because he's, he's, he's not throwing the trash to say these are trash, get rid of them. He literally is trying to hide them for yeah, some reason. Yeah, I know, reason. but why? I don't know. Yeah, oh, I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm exposing the plot hole. It'd just yeah. be nice if he'd just tossed them aside in the trash can just to go, oh, I don't know what that's for. I'll just yeah. take it here. <laughs> Um, a sign. So he, he then puts down this on the sunglasses. And I mean, this is, it took me a while to realize, uh, cause I hadn't, I wasn't aware of the film before, but you can now see the fingerprints of this stuff on other things. Like, have you seen free guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like, it owes a massive debt to they live. Oh yeah. You put on, you put on these glasses and you see the world for how it really is. Yeah. yeah. Now in that case, it's this hyper, I'm, I'm a non-playable character in a video game. What? <laughs> yeah. In in this case, it's you know yeah the world still isn't as it seems. This lets me tap into the the, the great big secret. Um, I'm try- I'm just sitting here going. It does seem like sunglasses are a pretty clunky measure by which to do it. Then it's something I'll come back to you later in the in near the end of the film. But because because yeah. because if, if I control the media and if I have any idea that sunglasses are a thing, I don't know how much they know or don't know. But if you control the media, why don't you just have them all come on the media being like, sunglasses are so last year. Oh, you should never wear sunglasses. I sunglasses think, I are I don't rough. think it's just normal sunglasses. I think that's what the... No, labor- no, 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 I know, yeah. Yeah, 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 but... But once you're well, the bad guys... Think, I don't think the aliens know until this movie happens. Like, I don't think they're aware of the sunglasses. No. But because the, one, the first one that he kind of pisses off she seems surprised because she's talking to him oh. for a while while he's wearing the sunglasses. And then she's like, oh, I think this guy can see me. It's not like, oh, I've seen these sunglasses before. I know this guy can see me. I think the aliens don't know until yeah. this movie happens. Roddy Piper's not that subtle in this movie. No. No. <laughs> um, where are we at here? Uh, <laughs> he's walking like, down you, the street. You look normal. You, Comes, you're yeah. real fucking ugly. <laughs> Comes to the book stand. Um, oh, so a sign turns from a computer billboard into a, just a giant sign that says obey. Another one for a vacation turns into marry and reproduce. <laughs> I like that one. No independent well. thought turns into cons- uh, There's one that says no independent thought. There's one that says consume. Work play eight hours. Play eight hours. Sleep eight hours. Uh, then he flips to the pages of his magazines and it just says things like stay asleep, obey, do not question authority. And we get our first human version at this newsstand where this guy in a nice suit turns into a skull with bulging eyes. Ooh. And his money in his hand reads, this is your God. Uh, John Carpenter playing it real subtle with his uh, ideological <laughs> message here. Yeah, very subtle. Because mm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? This film's a metaphor. This film's a metaphor oh, yeah. for, 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 the, for the middle class have lit, or sorry, the, middle, the upper middle class have completely become detached from humanity they are like an alien race and they are seeing you as subhuman and as a result they have no problem watching regular people destroy themselves Mm. and if we can keep them distracted with stuff and media they won't challenge the system yeah that's the message right and then the world changed and everything was better after yes. this movie came out. Thank and you. none of these things, none of these things go on anymore. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, wonder what, I wonder what John Carpenter would think of like yeah, the whole social media kind of platform. Instagram. He's still alive. Is he really? <laughs> let's let's yeah. find out. I got, I, I got he, him on the, on the line. We're just going to reach out. <laughs> He's currently working on something, but they there's a video game franchise he really likes. Is there? And 
Is is is, is there an irony to that? That he plays video games. Well, just that he he's he's engaged in releasing like cinematic like properties that yeah. are designed to distract that are designed to, you know what I mean? Like he's 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 within the system that he's clearly criticizing in this thing. He's not a news media, but he's media. Maybe, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a product. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm sure he's get. I'm sure he's not working class. You know no, what I'm saying? Not, I'm sure no. he's got his fair share of coin. Yeah, of course. Or do they just send him back to his home planet and he comes back when it's time to shoot a new movie? <laughs> he apparently, he talks about like, I, I love John Carpenter because John Carpenter's like this 70, 80 year old man who essentially lives the life of a 20 year old. He's like, yeah, I just stay at home and play video games and get high all the time. That's what I do now. <laughs> and play monotonous music. So he goes into a grocery <laughs> store and like Piper's not even like once you get over the fact that like it's scary to see what's going on with people around us. He just starts like shaming women for their looks. <laughs> and he looks at this one woman who's got the skull in the eyes and he goes, "Your head you look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in the 1950s. You you're okay." <laughs> That's him ad libbing again, right? It's got to be. It That's has bad. to be. It's bad at it. He gave It's John it's Car- funny when what? he's yelling in this movie when he's yelling at either the aliens or whoever. You watch him just slip into promo mode, yes. and you're like, "Oh, I'm just watching '80s Piper at this That's point." All it he's is. just he's just shooting a promo at this point on these aliens. Just when they think they got the answers, <laughs> I change the questions. I had to put that in there at some point today. <laughs> That's cool. One of his most classic wrestling lines. Um, yeah, it would be. Uh, he gave John Carpenter this book of lines he had thought of for use in wrestling promos but hadn't gotten around to using them and he authorized a few of them for for uh use in the film i've got to think you look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in the 1950s it's got to be. be from the book it has yeah. you you're, like I, you you're if i ever okay. get into a program with sherry martell man yes. i'm gonna use this <laughs> <laughs> what moolah left the territory uh, i can't use the line tonight <laughs> So these two cops chase him, but Hot Rod clotheslines the first, and then realizes, "Oh wait, hang on, I'm 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 not in I'm not in a wrestling movie." Uh, punches he used a lot of wrestling movies. There's in this, a few though, of them. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we were calling them out. Yeah, punches the second, steals the gun, and shoots them both, and says, "You bastards died just like we do." I he's, love that there was no five. moral yeah, quandary think, for Piper none. about like, oh. do I shoot them? Yeah, of course I shoot them. <laughs> yeah, I like that he's. He's five feet off the street. Like, he's not even deep into this alley. He's no. five feet off the street, and he shoots two cops with a magnum, and no one reacts. And no one reacts. No one. Uh, That's funny. He goes to the bank. I would have thought this scene would have been in, like, the culmination of a third act. I had no idea this was start of second act territory. Mad, he walks into a bank. He's got the glasses on, and it's the iconic line, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> his character just nothing, nothing from the first act sets up who his character no. becomes with his like, no. I've come here to kick ass. Mama don't like no tattletales. <laughs> like, nothing from the first act sets up that this character would say these lines. And he's so quick on it, isn't he? He turns on a dime. Oh, he's like, uh-huh. he's like I, I'm going to kill these. I see those aliens amongst us. I'm not going to ask any questions about no. what's going on. No, they... What if it's, they might be everywhere? And there might be we women, and there might be. Ch- well, I don't think we have children, but, but you know, they all just deserve a death sentence. 
they might be nice you don't know for all we know they've helped sustain life and, yeah. and done our technological <laughs> yeah. advancements no questions asked nope just shoot, shoot. <laughs> he shoots everyone however one of the skulls uh radios about his about uh piper's location this is where we get the classic mama don't like no tattletales and then uh i think they're called ghouls i maybe, don't know maybe they disappear and then there's a surveillance droid in the sky and piper shoots that down can you only see it with the gla- sunglasses on yes we can't see the droid thing in no because the- then we would look at the droid and go why is there a droid there yeah, yeah it makes sense and even when he puts on the glasses you hear a voice that says sleep sleep that's john carpenter oh yes Stu, you've muted yourself you've i muted think buddy. yourself sorry i had to clear my throat uh <laughs> yeah no there's the the satellite over top of the red lights that is the huge satellite dish you can only see with the glasses yes. on too yes yeah, yeah. so yeah it's a it's definitely a thing uh and then our hero here's my hard time because i want to call hot rod the hero but literally there's a woman walking to her car and piper just kidnaps her he does but hang on but i'm just go back to the, the thing in the sky yeah you said you couldn't see it. Yep. But how come bits of debris, when he shoots it, falls on top of him? Well, then it can just be a piece of plastic. You can explain away what that was, but while it's in the sky, you can't have it, I guess. Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah. They've programmed the it. Shielding. So they've programmed in the signal that if you see this, your brain doesn't identify it. Okay. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Like, if you, when you shoot it out, then things will hit you. Yeah. 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 All right. Um... Or we so, across the yeah, and then we meet Holly, played by Meg Foster, who looks to me like a poor man's Kirstie Alley. Yes, 100%. I've always thought that in she this even, movie she, about her. She even sounds like Kirstie Alley. But Liam recognized her as being... Evil Lynn from Masters of the Universe. Evil Lynn from Masters oh my of God. the Universe. There we are. I've <laughs> never put that together. <laughs> I love her. Her Jesus. eyes are bizarre. Very bizarre. They're yeah. piercing. Aren't I would have shot her for being mm-hmm. an alien based on that alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's why she works so well as Evil Lynn. As an evil yeah. character, those you, eyes you are very. I mean, I'm sure they were ac- accented even more with contacts and things like that. But yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, he insists that she drives him to her place. No information given. Nope. <laughs> like, so much of this movie could have been changed without this. Well, or not. Uh, at her place, he says... Well, to be fair, every every person he tries to get to put the sunglasses on fights him tooth and nail. It, is, it is really weird. <laughs> it's weird. Please, so, dude, just, just please let on. me prove what I am saying to you. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not, shoot me. <laughs> this is not a weird yes. fetish <laughs> just please just i'm the not <laughs> selling these this is not my side hustle <laughs> but no no, right. no i put them on then i owe you 44.95 <laughs> i know this deal <laughs> but you're right they do fight him tooth and nail at nobody her, wants to wear sunglasses in this damn movie no. no at her place he goes we're in trouble she goes you've got two guns you're not in trouble you're in charge and it's almost like a little sexual titillation yes. behind it yes. and i'm like wait what and also, she's not very terrified as such. She's just very calm in her yeah. demeanor. He says, look through the glasses. She says, even if I do, uh, even if I don't say it, I'll lie and say that I see what's in them. And I'm like, cool, let's play a game. I won't tell you what's through the glasses. Just put them on. You then lie to me about what you say you see. Yeah. And if it doesn't line up, then we're good. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, he just immediately gives up on that line. He like, he's like, All right, yeah. you're right, I guess. Now, I guess part of it's that the glasses take something out of you. 
it gives you a headache. Yeah. The signal. Um, well, the signal gives you a headache, but he does say at one point later that it, it's like someone's like turning like a spike in your eye or yeah. something. Yeah, like if that. he's got too on too long. But yeah. the contact lenses don't have that problem. No, seems. no, no, no. They fixed that. Yep. Magic doohickey. <laughs> <laughs> he said that was such a straight face. It was brilliant. I sort of his glasses for the record. So we have magic doohickey and even magicer doohickey. Absolutely. <laughs> this film wouldn't survive without a magic doohickey. Well, it's the whole premise. It's fun to have it. It is. She's the system program director at Cable Fifty Four, and he says, "Hey, they've sent out some sort of signal," and she throws him through the window. She really throws him through a window, and she's strangely emotionless as she rings in. And at this point, I'm 100 percent going. She's a villain yeah because she is not emotionally nope they kind of do get me to waver later on in the movie at one point yeah but then i very quickly go nope 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 yeah yeah, yeah. here's here's the big question i've always had at this point in the movie when he abducts her is she already in with the aliens or does she come in you think so that's that's why she's calling i don't think she's calling the cops i think she's calling the station Yeah, yeah 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 okay I've uh, always thought that was relatively ambiguous, at least in my mind, as to whether she turns later because she puts on the glasses and sees and then goes to the masters. Or- that's what they want. <laughs> one you well, I, th- okay. I think they want you to believe she puts it on, sees it, and that's why she ends up at the meeting. Yeah. But, but I think that's her cover explain story. explain why she ends up at the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She just turns up. Uh, George runs away from the cops until the stars start to blink and the police go away. What do I mean by that? Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> I need to make a reference. I was doing a Grand Theft Auto metaphor there. Because <laughs> there's helicopters chasing him and the cops are there. And then they start to go more faint. And I'm like, oh, the stars are fading away. Yeah. And this guy, he's, he's run far enough away on foot from that red circle. And I've given up now. Yeah, without, I was like, at the time I was like, this is very funny. I will <laughs> if you remember your joke yes he's just been in a bank and shot a load of people they don't know that the general public don't know that they're yeah oh we can't find him he's just shooting police and civilians no biggie only when he walks by the tv screens with his face on it but it's an old it's an old old shot of him it is an old like wrestling eight by ten of him that's what it is yeah his hair is like a thousand percent shorter absolutely yeah um we go back to the construction site the next day he tries to talk to frank frank's not having it goes how many people did you kill george can't find the glasses he stashed because the jar garbage has been collected who could have seen that coming he then crawls in the world's safest garbage truck yeah, nothing squashed, nothing this. Nope. nope. It's it, all just shredded paper. That's oh, all anyone and, threw away that And there's day. no spoiled produce. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just packing peanuts and cardboard. <laughs> and I know he unlocked the back, right? Why did they tip it up? Yeah, because you asked. I, my theory was that he was a friend of the resistance, but he doesn't know that it's been unlocked. No. It's so dumb. I just assumed the garbage men picked that exact moment to go on strike, and they were just like, fuck this job. <laughs> <laughs> dump, dump the garbage out the back and leave. Yeah, it's weird. Frank comes after him, throws him a week's pay, which lands nicely in the cardboard box he's Is got. that Frank's week's pay? Yes. Okay. Because he, he didn't work a week. No, I know he didn't. He worked one day and got yelled at for not sleeping rough. You know, good old Frank. Yeah. They have a fist fight about putting on the glasses. And this is the strangest thing. So this was choreographed. Like, I think I read it was like John Carpenter's like backyard. They <laughs> choreographed this. It was supposed to be a 30 second scene. All right. It goes for like five minutes and seven seconds. It goes for a while. 
and all the shots are legit except for face shots and groin shots. Really? <laughs> so all the other shots are 100%. Yeah, yeah 100% yeah. going as for a, it. As a Sami Zayn fan, did you pick up on the point where Keith David did a blue thunderball? No, I didn't. I missed that. <laughs> I was sitting there going, is this thing really still going? I'm guessing this is supposed to be intentionally funny. Oh, yeah. 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 The rest a of lot of this movie is. I ironically or not to this day if i ever see anybody on twitter what's the best fight scene in a movie they live <laughs> this will always be my best fight scene in any movie i love it because i've got my notes because they f- they're because again they're fighting over how badly this guy doesn't want to wear sunglasses yep. and they and, are beating the hell out of each other over it and not only that he knows he's just been in a bank and shot all them people he knows there's something going on so he's gone to see him and gave him some money so why did he not stick around and try the glasses on. Look, dude, have you seen life through these? Oh, my God. you got two options. Either you trust Frank, in which case, if you trust, sorry, you trust um, George, in which case, if you trust him, you put the glasses on. Yeah. Or if you don't trust him, you don't go into the alley and give him money because you think he might shoot you. And even halfway through, yeah, even halfway through when they're laying on the floor, pull it up and do it again, yeah. then he goes, God, you're fine pretty hard to wear these sunglasses. Maybe I'll just put them on and see. Yeah. <laughs> no. Carry uh, on for another five-minute fight. My, my my quick notes say, Piper almost punches Frank in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Frank almost steps on the glasses. The fight scene goes on a long time. George finally wins and puts the glasses on Frank's face. And he looks at it, sees everything that's going on, and, you know, Piper's going, I, to- I told you so, kind of look. <laughs> and then we have my least favorite line of dialogue. Life's a bitch, and she's back in heat. again that's gotta be him that's gotta be a piper line yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about the the lines he never used in wrestling that has to be one where he's like vince never let me said this legend has it this is randy savage's favorite line of the script (laughs) (laughs) of course it is (laughs) which i can i can totally see savage using this tick tock tick tock (laughs) (laughs) yeah He's the guy with the hat, isn't he? Yeah, he's red the guy with the hat. Yeah. Tassels. Tass- yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> slim Jim. <laughs> Didn't he have sunglasses? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, big, like, for a while they were like ski ski mask glasses. Yeah. 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 I've uh, seen pictures. Yeah. Oh, Randy Savage. He's in Sp- Oh, you weren't here when we did Spider Man 1. No. Yeah. Oh. Terrible film. That's part of that movie. <laughs> Terrible film, best yeah. movie. <laughs> Bonesaw McGraw, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gotcha for three minutes. <laughs> it's just a voice you can't not mistake, isn't it? No. Uh, they get a hotel room. Frank wants to know a bunch of answers, but much like Roddy Piper, they've changed the questions, and he gets mad that like Roddy doesn't know everything. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm like a day ahead of you. That's all I've got. A couple of days. <laughs> Um, George shares his backstory where his father tried to slice his throat. Um, this felt real. Piper lamented. He felt he could have gone to bigger places in the scene. And, um, John Carpenter actually said, you know, he's something he really, really wanted. Uh, he said, you, you did brilliantly. He said, that's a, that's a perfect version of this. Um, so it's interesting um, and he said that he actually tried in future films to try and get a performance that real and that honest and if you know anything about Piper Piper had a pretty crummy childhood oh, okay and ran away from home to start doing the wrestling thing I think at like 15 so I I don't know specifics I, I want to buy Piper's book and give it a proper go but um, 
Yeah, I think he was drawn on some real life it inspiration, felt, if not real. actual event. It weren't just somebody just spouting. It was. It felt like it came from an honest place. Yeah, I think maybe it's a good time to talk about Piper's maybe acting performance in this film, which I think, on the whole, <laughs> a bit shaky. <laughs> it's not bad, but you can tell he's not a professional actor. Yeah, like, yeah. I think in this, the, the benefit of most of his movies is just running from things, yeah. so you don't have to do a whole lot. Yeah. And when you do have him do something, like he wasn't, I can't believe I'm saying this, he wasn't like Keanu Reeves last week in John Wick, where it's like, I'm just trying to get through each day. He wasn't like that, you know no, what I no, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But you could tell he wasn't a polished actor, which is a little bit weird for some. The problem is with, with, with wrestling, when you give a promo, it's like live theater. You're doing a promo for 20,000 people, including the person in the very, very back row of the, of the arena. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a bit more of, of an over-the-top sort of thing. And then film is all about the smallest of nuances because mm-hmm. the camera will pick up the smallest nuance you want it to do. Yep. So then your verbal deliveries. Now, so I don't think he's, I don't think he's overdoing anything, but I think the, the adaptation between the things are generally kind of rough. That being said, I think, uh, I think the scene with, with, uh, Keith David, where he's talking about his backstory, I think, I think it's really well done. Yeah, me yeah, too. So. Yeah. That's what here's, I like here's what I've heard, and I'm not sure if this is 100 percent true, but I've heard Carpenter originally wanted to go to Kurt Russell, you know, constant Carpenter collaborator. He wanted Kurt Russell for this role before eventually, for whatever reason, settling on Piper. And I try to picture that in my head and like Kurt Russell would do a better job in this movie. Yes, he would. He could yes, not, he would. But, but he could not do as iconic of a job. Like I don't know if this movie would be as memorable. No, it would be. It would be one. It would just be a a Kurt Russell film that you forget. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Also, he was in. The, All right, they live. It wouldn't be yeah, that thing. Yeah. Whereas you do that. You say they live, and it's it's Roddy with the glasses on, with the shotgun in his hand in the bank and the bubblegum. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like Kurt Russell would do a better, more nuanced performance than Piper running around yelling at everybody, cutting promos on bank tellers. And but. there's and there's nothing that Piper did that Russell wouldn't have done better. There's no facet of it, but the novelty of it being Piper gave it the is what status. actually lifts the cult status to his film. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And Keith David did a great job, sort of helping carry him for Move most of parts yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Uh, we said about the real life. Uh, Frank just happens to walk by Gilbert. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> LA's a really small place, I've learned. Uh, <laughs> there's a meeting that night. and the- Did he recognize the glasses then? And go, you must be one of us. Well, they recognize each other from the, the town. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so there's a meeting that night. Uh, we have to land. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. Felix uh, is back. Wow. They go to the meeting. <laughs> That was Felix. Was that Felix? Felix? No, he's not here. I'm looking at the door. He's not here. Um, uh, the meeting, they get given contact lenses, which uh, everybody here is human, we get told. So theoretically, everybody here is safe. Yeah. Oh, there it is. I got an answer for you in a minute. Uh, Gilbert tells them the human police are being told that they're communists. And that's why uh, that's why even the human cops, because most of them are still human cops. Yeah, that one go, and he? there's a great scene where he says, he says, <laughs> Piper says that when he first did it, he said, move, move, move your feet or whatever the line is. And I guess it must have been semi-improvisational because when he said it, apparently the young actor just like ran in place. 
<laughs> the first time. <laughs> Piper's like, he's a sweet kid. He did not know what I was trying to tell him to do. <laughs> oh, oh, that's brilliant. Just a thought. I'd like to see that as an outtake. Uh, yeah, I mean, totally good. <laughs> um, they get ta- the talking head. This is the the hacker talks about how humanity is livestock, and basically, if you've seen the Eternals or you've seen the Matrix, they're both borrowing from this concept. Of course, yeah. Uh, the plan is to shut down the signal. They think it might be from the TV station, but then we hear someone going, "It's not from the TV station itself," and she's off screaming. Oh, Holly's there. Mm-hmm. This connects a dot for me because I'm like, how did they know? There is a meeting going on there. Yeah, but how did Holly know? That's I, I, I can't fix that. But Holly's the plant. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, how? because there's a guy on the door with a gun. And now he must have recognized... Okay, so she calls into her people. Yeah. She calls into her people. Says, this guy was just here. Kidnapped. Yeah, he has these glasses. Yeah. So they look through the glasses. They okay, so maybe they start dealing with... Because obviously we have humans who have turned. Yeah someone gets the word back to her. She's able to use those as a mole because she's the one who also was contact with Piper. Like in, in the moment. But she, she walk says, up to him. I thought I killed you. Yeah, but you're assuming she's being honest. Oh, okay. I think we have to assume that everything she says is, is, yeah, 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 yeah. could be dishonest. She really does in this bit, really. It's kind of nice to call it acting. She's but, not very good in this either. She's not very good no. in this. No, 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 no. But this is the more gravity which actually a little bit. which actually was a bit of a spoiler for me yeah because her lack of ability i, no, I didn't get it 100 percent right i just thought she was a more evolved version of, like she had like a, like a, a second mask on or something like that <laughs> but i totally thought she was a villain like all the movie long yeah she I, throws me off ever so slightly at the meeting yeah that, that's it yeah yeah i agree um so uh she wants to know if he's okay thought she'd killed george i thought so too there's a little bit of like this like almost romantic which you didn't need no no (laughs) and then the wall blows down it's a full-out gunfight uh i've just got several members die and they get out there's not really much going on besides a lot of shoot shoot bang bang pew 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 Yep. Keith David figures out how to make the watch magic and teleport them away. Well, yeah. it, it, but he gets shot at one point. It malfunctions, and that's what lets both of them use it to get to freedom. Yeah. Yeah. He gets shot at one point. It does a little point. countdown. It does. Just for the aid of, we all have a race we, against time in a movie, don't we? You did it. <laughs> Eight o'clock in the morning, right? And while this is going on, you recognize one of your favorite actors. Yeah, I can't remember his name, though. His name is Al Leong. Al Leong. Al, not young. Al Leong. Leong. L-E-O-N-G. Oh, okay. He's brilliant. He's Al in Leong. everything. He's the guy who electric, electro tortures Mel uh, Gibson in yeah. Lethal Weapon. And he's uh, not even, he's not officially credited in the film, but now, of course, with IMDb, we can say he's there, but he doesn't receive a screen, a screen uh, credit. Oh, okay. I yeah. recognized him. So they go under the city Ooh, thanks to the malfunctioning watch. in this movie. Yeah, I, uh, Liam's got like radar for the guy. Granted, my, my, my TV is like 85 inches or 77 inches or something. It really he, is ridiculous. He doesn't change big. his look. And he's in he's in every action film you can think of in the 80s. He's oh, amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. in Commando. He's in... Um, he's Genghis Die Khan Hard. and Bill and Ted. Yes. He's in <laughs> everything. Right. He's brilliant. I love him. Uh, they go into the city where they stumble into a ballroom where they're celebrating the wiping out of the resistance. And why is nobody going, hang on a minute, they look different. <laughs> Who's, who's catering this? Yeah. 
as they're openly talking about destroying humanity. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are like butlers here. And that was my question. It's like, who are the butlers? Like, if it was like modern day where they're, where they're all like got headphones on and can't be bothered to do anything but like just like serve their stuff because my boss said I can listen to podcasts at work. <laughs> I totally get it. But in this case, where there was none of this stuff available to you, how does this work? Mental. Uh, they run into one of the drifters, uh, which is hard because I don't think they feature him enough in the first part they of the don't, movie. Because we were both so confused. when you come back, you're like, which one is this? Yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned to you earlier that I've watched this movie six or seven times and this was the first time I realized something. This is the first time I realized he's one of the drifters from earlier. I thought he was just a guy. Who I had to go like, to hey. Wikipedia, yeah. look up the plot and not go too far because I hadn't seen it before and go, who is this? And I just yeah. said, it just says one of the drifters from earlier. And I went, okay, great. But it didn't make that clear, did it? No, because there's not a moment. There, there need to be a conversation, a twinkle in his eye, a key prop that when I see him, I go, oh, it's him from earlier. Yeah. And this is, which would have been really important because this is the corrupting, it's very pro wrestling, isn't it? This is the million dollar man bringing Sapphire over or something like that. And, you know, Tatanka, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and he shows up in a new suit the next week and everybody has a price for the million dollar man. It's it's this notion of I've been on the other side of it for so long and now I get to win. And he tries to say something to this effect. Similar, yeah. But it only works if I saw him and yeah. recognize him from before. And that means you've got to give me just a little bit of dialogue something. and some distinguishing feature that I can come back to. You think, yeah. You know, one of one of these His voice is distinctive. That's what did it for yeah. me watching it this time. I was if, like, Oh, it's that voice from earlier. If he okay, went one of these one yeah. of these days, George, I'm gonna be at one of those fancy dinners. And he says, Hey, I told you one of these days I'd make it here. Yeah. You go, Oh, it's yeah. it's, it's the guy. But he was so keen and, and easy named, to oh, show him everything. Oh, Bill. <laughs> what are you doing here? Oh, you guys joined up too? Yeah. Now the other problem is like Bill the Drifter has just turned and apparently that gives him like open access, access. not only open everything. access, they made him sit down and watch an orientation video because he knows the whole story now. Yeah. And the other part is why, why does Bill need to be, why does he need to be brought over? To get them. What part of this great intergalactic scheme, you know what we're missing? Bill the oh, Drifter. Yeah, I know, I know, right? He's got an essential skill set that we need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movie's got a movie yeah we need someone who they can trust and who can tell us because we're i think we're ramping towards the end of the movie it's and i don't know if they ran out of time it's oh, very lazy geez. i don't know if they ran out of time i don't know if they ran out of money i don't know what the deal is yeah. but it feels like it's like we're rushing to the finish which i wasn't that when i saw the 90 minute run time i was like okay good <laughs> but nobody questions anything they're walking is, around is, is this is this the arrogance of that of, of that group maybe but you, here's the thing. He should walk into the room, and everybody should know who he is. Exactly, because I've been everybody should him. know who Roddy Piper is. Yeah, especially because I think he's still holding the gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, that guy doesn't look like he belongs here. Hey, hang on. He looks a lot like the guy from earlier. Well, his hair is longer. You're right. His hair is longer. Back to my soup. <laughs> Hey, every single time the aliens went on their watch and called, they were, they described him. They described him as having long hair. Yeah, they did. They did. He's a white guy, mid thirties, long hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> looks like the kind of guy who wouldn't job to Hulk Hogan cleanly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think uh, he grew up with Bret Hart. And Bret Hart's yeah. mom made them sandwiches. <laughs> made him, loved your sandwiches. Loved hearing it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the kind of guy who might paint himself half black in a really unfortunate oh. match in Toronto. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Roddy Piper, he oh, thought he was making yeah. a statement. He was, just not the one he thought he was making. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he was wrestling a black guy, and he was like, I'm going to prove this isn't about I'm race. I'm going to prove this isn't half. about race by painting myself half black. Wow. And the fact that yeah. it went on in front of 60,000 people, I mean, I think it's where society was at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no one's going, none of the commentators are going, I don't know, that was a great, well, like, it was just, oh, what a stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh where are we at here um aaron's a drifter oh he sh- so shows us everything including the spaceport he also shows him the signal my question how does he have clearance to get in here and as my mate again in the spaceport he was the first one to go off oh what, what al leon yeah, yeah okay Ew, he goes <laughs> uh at the, yeah they're from a different planet this is how i travel at the cable news network, they shoot out all the secure area, and the drifter makes his pitch. We all sell out every day. May as well be on the winning side for a change. And I guess this is the message to anybody who actually does cross over and then doesn't choose to change help, anything. Help them, yeah. Now that I'm on the winning... So it's the kind of the um, corruption of the American dream. If you achieve it, you don't look behind you at other people who aren't achieving it because you go, I did it for myself. Yeah, why can. can't you? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. obviously it's about working hard. The, you know, the, the whole the whole fault in 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 Roddy sort of. Uh, I don't want to call him George. He's clearly not a George. He's not. <laughs> Who looked fight. at him and went George? George. <laughs> Jeez. Um, the drifter shoots himself free. I don't even know who he shot because it wasn't. Does he? Does he? Does he shoot Frank in the in the Keith David? Does he shoot him? Who's he shoot? Uh. Because he shoots to get himself free and then disappears thanks to his watch. Yeah. And he doesn't come back. Nope. So there we go. So do you, when you disappear into the disappearing bit. I guess you're in the underground part of the city. Do you then disappear back up in the city? Well, I think you have to take one of those. Oh, I don't know. It looks like there are tunnels that took you back where you want. I kind of liken this. I kind of liken this to when you're playing Mario and you go, and now you're underneath the city. And you got to find a warp pipe that takes you back up. So you must have gone back up to the city. And my thought is the the, the the watch only works down and these little like entrances you see in the walls take you back up. So where did he disappear to then? That tunnel underneath the city. But he's already in the tunnel. They had moved into... I don't think I don't the know, TV this... studio is itself underground. I think they must have come up to get here. Oh, okay. They didn't explain that. No. no. <laughs> I... I assumed the TV studio that at least the part where they were doing that recording was underground. Yeah. But, oh, were yeah, they? I don't know. But then I, they got on the roof. So, well, they show them climbing stairs. <laughs> That's not until later. They yeah. they haven't climbed stairs at this point. Uh, Frank and George head out in search of the roof. They find Holly, and here's my question: I've got why would you go to work? You've just been involved in a shootout. I'm thinking, <laughs> been kidnapped. Oh. Yeah. Also, it's in the evening. It's like 11 o'clock at night. You know what I gotta do? I should go back to work. And he doesn't even question it, does he? He doesn't. He's like looking for Holly. I'm like, why would Holly come back to work? Yeah. Uh, I'm literally telling Liam. I was literally going to Liam. I said, I think she's the... And then he she shot uh, Frank in the head. I didn't like that. You're not supposed to. I like Frank. Uh, then we get the reveal of Holly for who she is. She's, she's sold out as well. 
Um, she makes him drop his gun, but he's got a second little gun. He shoots Holly. He shoots the laser. The helicopters that have popped up now shoot him. The laser is done, and people start seeing the aliens starting with a news broadcast. There's a great scene where some guy is pontificating about the evils of modern media. At the back, it says something like, do not question authority. But the speaker says, yeah. you need to make sure that you don't. Uh, these film directors like George A. Romero, Romero yeah. and John Carpenter yeah. need to realize like enough is enough. I'm like, okay, very cool. Get yourself a little, a little enough of sex and violence. And you kind of parody people who would have, who are criticizing his types of movie by making them casting like the aliens in that role. Yeah. So that's clever. My only other question. Oh, there's just one last thing and then I'm, and then I'm done. Okay. There's a sex scene going on yes. with a topless woman. Yeah. And she's having sex with a guy and she's on top. And then you look down. The guy's like, what's wrong, baby? And what's it's just, wrong, baby? And, it, <laughs> and it's this guy with eyeballs and the teeth. And then we go to credits. So I'm like, what a bizarre scene to end on. A very bizarre scene. So we've been shown all the way through the movie wearing these sunglasses or these eye contact lenses. You see them for who they are. Yep. Right. You also see the obey, go to sleep, do this, yep. do that. Why not at the end of this when the signal is broken? Don't everybody see obey, go sleep, all this? Well, as well, we, as the, as well, we do. Behind the guy who was presenting the thing where, where John Carpenter, you see the sign in the but background. They see it in a black and white view of things. I guess because it's coming through the. I have no idea. I, I don't. I think the glasses gave things the black and white tint. It's not implying that the signal gives the world color. Oh, okay. Because when the, the, the signal's off, you still just see things the way it is. It's the glasses that make everything black and white. It so could also be an ideological thing about now. We're, I'm going to show you the world as it is in black and white. That old reference to mean like, yeah. I'm going to show you black and white. There's nothing the faff is about. When it comes down to the brass tacks, here's what's happening. But that's just a glasses thing. I think. So now right. the antenna's broken. Will they be able to read a book or will that also say... Anything that's been whatever, well, they will see for how it truly is. How it truly is, okay. So basically, yeah. this is, they've had the red pill and the blue pill, and this is the moment where they've gone for, the red pill pill's the real world, right? Yeah. yeah. Where basically, they've force-fed everybody a red pill. Mm. And you see it for, for how it is. Still a weird movie. <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm going to push this button here. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Is it okay if I outsource your uh, your word? I wonder if we'll go for the same word, but yeah. Interesting. I, th- I think it's pretty obvious. We, we, we do a random word of the week every week where we have our gift of the week contest with our Twitter followers over at Twitter. That's uh, at best one for pod. You want you make sure you use the hashtag BFE random word. Stu, would you be so kind as to select our word, a random word of the week? It should pertain to the uh, movie. Cheese dip. Cheese dip. <laughs> Just for the record. You were going to choose bubblegum, right? I went bubblegum. Yeah, come on. Bubblegum. <laughs> bubblegum. <laughs> you know what? Right after I said cheese dip, I was like, oh, bubblegum would have been a good one too. But you, cheese dip came to me first, man. Bolt we, can, we, we can pivot if you want. <laughs> but uh, here we go. Uh, who would... Oh, I forgot that. Uh, the money, money, money. $3 million budget. Oh, I can't imagine that'd be a big budget. How much does this make? Four million. Four million? Can't make much. Stu? I don't think it made four million. I would say like maybe one and a half. You guys are both really low. They uh, live debuted at number one at the box office. 
Wow. Grossing $4.8 million in the opening weekend. It spent two weeks in the top 10, grossing a total of $13 million. Wow. Good for this movie. Worldwide, I yeah. I, I didn't it. think it was that much of, I mean, $13 million is not a huge success, but I didn't even think it did that well. No, I thought it was just a, a cult movie that has over time been appreciated by people. Yeah. You know? I'm not sure it was culturally that well received, at least as far as critics go. Could have been that um, good, because there's not a, a They Live too, is there? Well, there's a time when we didn't do sequels, especially, well, the horror did. The horror always has, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So They Live too. Well, the problem is Roddy's clearly dead. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Chief David's clearly dead. Well, they might come back, because They Live too. both of them. <laughs> you call it's it, right there in the title, Ian. You, <laughs> acknowledge me. You could call it. You could call it. They lived. They lived. <laughs> First one could be they lived? Question mark. Second one could be they lived? Exclamation mark. <laughs> See, John come to Mr. Trick. Uh, the awards. Oh, best actor, best Oscar. Yeah, it was none of that. <laughs> none. None. Best none. Music none. score. Who would you cast us to? Um, so what we do here, Stu, is we kind of take the members yeah. of, the, of, of the pod and we kind of go, if we were acting, if we were actors looking for work in this movie, who would you cast as who in that film? Oh. You'd be Frank. I'd be Frank? Yeah. I want to be Hot Rod. <laughs> Everybody wants to be hot. You'd be hot rod then. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I want to be hot rod. I gotta earn it. I gotta earn it. If I'm not hot rod, I'm not hot rod. Um, hmm. It's there's not a lot of characters. There is, 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 no. is one, one of the big problems here. Um, and I think it, I think it does limit the movie because basically it just turns into a random survival movie. Watching Roddy run around, looking at random old women and making comments on their faces and then just looking at other people and you know pew pew pow pow and that's all we kind of get basically three three members really isn't it? yeah frank holly and you can make i don't know if gilbert's important enough you can make an argument for gilbert you can make an argument for the drifter but both of them are barely scratching the surface yeah better go nowhere yeah i'll be i'll be holly how's that (laughs) (laughs) you could be hot rod no i'm i'm (laughs) Um, um, come on, you, you gotta at least be hot rod then if I'm not hot rod, cause we gotta have the world's worst fight scene. Okay. Yeah. That, that would mean you would be the worst fight scene. <laughs> Can you imagine me and you fighting? And st- Over a pair of sunglasses. Oh, Stu. <laughs> Stu could be like the head of the hacker, but it just comes. I'll tell you what, they did not know, they did not know how to shoot the hacker with any space around his head. It's they like, didn't. you clearly had a camera. You could have moved it or like unzoomed. <laughs> He didn't have to come out like he was Oz the Great and Powerful. And not only that, right? They didn't change his voice. They didn't change the way he looked. And yeah, he could still wander the streets. Not for long, because they blew that church. Well, they didn't really blow that church up. It was on fire from the outside. Yeah. On the inside, they knocked some stuff over. (laughs) (laughs) Should we look anywhere else? No, if it's not out in the open, it's not here. Um, Did this film have a villain problem? actual villain yes yeah yeah because who ends up being your big bad Holly. i think society is the big bad i don't think like 
you're dealing with something that's too big to come down to like a villain, a single person. You're dealing with society. You're dealing with colonialism and capitalism. Like you can't just have one guy and be like, he represents what we're fighting against. This movie's more about like, can I... this one guy who represents all of us with his bagpipes overcome society? I hear you, but you're wrong. <laughs> i'm so nice to our guests yeah. um no 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 i i think you're right but you're wrong in the sense of in order to have a fulfilling film going experience somewhat of importance has to be the last you kill you need that focus yeah. and so who is the last kill it ends up being holly now holly oh. ends up being a surprise but we barely have two seconds to put two and two together before yeah. That happens. And the metaphor, of course, being the media is in bed with these people. The media is not the problem, but they've sold out to the problem. Yeah. Because she's defending them. She's saying they'll get you anyway. She's, you know, not going to change anything. So they're implicit, complicit, sort of looking for. They're complicit in, in, in what's occurring. But the, 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 the turn can't happen with 90 seconds left in the movie. No. <laughs> and why can we have had, um, some dude or some lady, um that you see constantly through the movie who's going ordering the soldiers through ordering um these hits or something so that you have that focus at the, the end. person speaking at the ballroom is a, ball a great chance to here's our leader yeah for whatever reason he is he doesn't have to be the one who who john shoots last at the end far from it john i don't know where i came from <laughs> last week john wick i don't know who rod shoots last at the end of it but you could have something where it starts to turn i don't know what it is maybe all of a sudden the waiters and whoever come to and they're surrounded by all these people and they're like what the flip's going on here you can't you have of, that but it, it it felt like it was just a faceless horde yeah and you, you can't do that because you're right you think what was the point yeah you need that focal point of somebody or something to go boom i mean i i, I mean part of it's got to be you're with george terrible name for the <laughs> for, for, for the whole movie and so he doesn't know much. And so we can be there with him, not knowing yeah. as much because yeah. we're living through him. But then at the end, if he, if we need to believe that he feels his death is worth dying for, he needs to know more than he does. And I'm, I'm not sure Bill the Drifter gave us that. No, not enough of it. Anyway, I think, that, I think that comes back to what he said earlier when we talked about how relatively naive and, and mediocre white man, his character is where he's like, <laughs> no, it's, we all just need a chance and we all just going to get there. And this movie li leaves us up in the air is like, all right, well now what's going to happen. And I think Piper thinks like, oh yeah, society's going to come through and fight off these people. But I don't think that's actually how this would end. We've like, I think, I think that eventually the aliens would be like, Hey, do you see everything we've done? Like we can still give you money and everything. Like there's no reason to fight us. Like, I think the aliens still win at the end of this movie. Would this have been better if it had just a better last line? Yeah. So take like Die Hard with with, with a Vengeance, right? It became the end of the movie is not that good. No. <laughs> they they go to Canada, and by Canada, I think if I remember correctly, it's Kentucky or something like that, actually. But they they, they fake this truck stop. And he's staring up at um uh, the, Jeremy Irons' character who's in the helicopter and he looks over and he sees the power line and he sees the, the, the helicopter and just goes, say hi to your brother for me. Yeah. And then he shoots and you're like, yeah, it's badass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what have you ever seen at the end where he talked about hard times earlier, right? And what if you have this bit where like she's talking going, you don't have to do this. You can work with us. You can work with them. You, you, your hard times can be over. And he can go, lady, everybody's got hard times. <laughs> 
And their time's not over. Bam, 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 bang, bang. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and then, and then, like it's the school. But then you get the idea that he knows what he's dying for, as opposed to just no. And he just gives a middle finger as it goes down. Yeah. Why did he, he said he says that he hated he gave the middle finger at the end. Oh, good. Because that seemed yeah, a bit, yeah. It just seemed a bit juvenile. Like, it did, didn't it? Uh huh. Vince that, McMahon after he loses to Hogan at nineteen and just sticks the middle finger up. Cool, great. And also, why yeah. did he drop his gun? He was standing right beside the 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 signal thing. I think it's supposed to give the audience the the feeling that he's oh no they're corrupting him. He's given up at the last hurdle. Oh okay. Because you could end the movie. Man, that would have. I would have preferred this. An ambiguous. Ending. I would have preferred if he doesn't. Now either he caves or he dies before he comes just short. Yeah. And they go ahead. They just click the laser back up. They go back down. They go back to the broadcast. Everybody goes back to watching their TVs. And that's your last shot as the movie ends. I think that's a much more powerful film. See, John Carpenter, why do you not consult us? I don't know. But I, 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 I really like... I really like journeys where you go so far with them and they take it away from you. And that's a very horror thing. Here's it what is, you think you got. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to take it away from you at the very last moment. Oh, yeah. And make you sort of live as he knows he's failed and then he dies. Like, basically, uh, you, you, you begin to horror stew? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, The Descent, where they give you what you think you want. Oh, And then yeah. they reveal, oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> No, they didn't. <laughs> and so I, I think that would have been really, really, there could have been something there in it, as opposed to this, where it was just a little bit too, I think you're right. A, I don't think it happens. B, it makes it a punchline, and that's fine, because they did ride that slightly comedic wave all the way through. So I don't I don't mind the tonal sort of, uh, where they finish the film tonally. I, yeah. think, I think it's all right. Uh, it could actually be a metaphor even in that about <laughs> You could use a stronger word that starts with an F, but that we're all getting screwed by the rich people who are just taking advantage of us. It must change. And we, yeah, <laughs> they live too. Yeah. They live boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> um, what should this film have been called? They didn't live. <laughs> <laughs> they live? Question mark. <laughs> uh, hmm. Make Foster. Yeah, I don't know. Like they, they live is not a great name for this title. They're here, maybe, but that's poltergeist. You can't do that. Um, all this was shades, shades of gray. (laughs) Shades of gray. Uh, I don't know. Shotgun, sunglasses, and bubble gum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We never choose any bubble gum in this. Hard times. Hard times. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, what do we have next? We've got, what is the story here? We've talked about that. I, I think it's an allegory for what's going on oh, in yeah. in the world, in America. It's supposed to be a, a criticism of Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay. Uh, there are some people who try to claim it's got wider, like, ideological bends down, uh, far-right kind of ideologies and all the crap that comes along with that sort of stuff. They've come on, John Roberts come on record to say, nope. You couldn't be more wrong. Um, musical inspiration. Songs that should have been on the soundtrack. I wear my sunglasses at <laughs> night so I can see better. Uh, Muddy Talks by ACDC. That's a good song. Yep. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Hmm. Are there any, are there any good songs about bubblegum? <laughs> 
They must be. Pop by NSYNC. i'll do do it again happiness is a warm gun (laughs) Uh, what about i want my mt oh brilliant that's a good one brilliant yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go oh there was a song in my head and it's gone nope it's gone do a little Bob Dylan. Was it Bob Dylan? We didn't. No, Billy Joel. We didn't start oh, the yeah. fire. Yeah. It was. You could, list all, you could do all the historical events and have like alien faces in the background <laughs> of each shot. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, role of women. Uh, fairly absent. Very absent. Yeah. yeah. Apart yeah. from Meg Foster, who was very. Oh, she was she, barely in it as well. She was non She's she, barely she, in it. Yeah. She's in it for last, like, what? Third? For how long? Yeah, not, not like, very. Yeah. Her name is shouted more than she's in it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, she pops up for like five minutes at a time. And yeah. altogether, she's in the movie three times. She's 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah I don't yeah. mind it because the, the film goes to places where men usually are more, at least in, in that time frame, are usually more. Like a construction site at that point in history, I think it's, it's largely a, a male field. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there was the one guy with his daughter at the, uh, at, at, at the shantytown. Yeah. Who are trying to watch TV, but but all the stuff with women is like, look at your finger. We're kind of a message here for like commercialism's a female problem because it was like every ad was like aimed to women. And even yeah, even the billboard where the lady's laying down that says "propagate" or what's the word? Marry and procreate. Pro- yeah, that one. Yeah, but the, I think the target <laughs> audience of the original ad was men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. yeah, somebody um, watched somebody watched the thing, and they were like, "Hey, John Carpenter, do you know you have no women in this movie? You have to do better next time." <laughs> and he's like, "All right, I'll do somewhat, but I'll do, I would do five percent better, <laughs> four and a half." Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it's great, but uh, I think the type of movie prevents that from from occurring. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, f- this I think this will be a fairly short list here. Favorite character, um, Liam. I did like um, Hot Rod. Um, I, th- yeah. I thought he was he was funny. Um, he carried himself quite well. Um, but Frank probably is my favourite. Frank? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the only thing I question about him, though, is he turns on a dime. He says, man, you just shot all them people. Get away from me. I have family, you yep. know, wife and kids. Next thing, he's tossing his um, money to him. So let him get away, the, I assume. The money part's the part I don't get, but yes. Do you know what I mean? But he's followed him down this alleyway to say something. I know, I know, I know what I'm doing with mass murderers, and that's not follow them down an alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but after that, after the big fight and the sunglasses and he's woke up to the world, um, yeah, I like Frank. Oh, yeah, I think, I think it explains that idea, because I think even George was kind of just a, a guy who just believed in the world until he yeah. didn't anymore. Uh, Stu? Uh, yeah, it's Piper. I mean, how could it not be Piper? I, I I watched this movie because Piper's in this movie. I like Keith David in this movie. I think he's a lot of fun, but... And he's the only other character that could even conceivably be in the running. Yeah, exactly. Well, then you might be surprised to hear that my favorite character was Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think you've got the answers, I change the questions. Yeah, no, it was... Uh... You're definitely you're with Piper the whole time. Like clearly, the opening shot here's Piper coming across the train tracks. Yeah, and we stay and then we end the movie with his death, and we very rarely leave him. Yeah, There's a couple yeah. scenes, but not yeah, much. Yeah. And so uh, he's an. I'll say this: 
Hot Rod's a really easy guy. Liam, maybe you'd be better to refer to this than I would because I have a predisposition for Roddy Piper. Yeah. But I found it really easy to root for, for Roddy Piper and to be on his side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even, like, even when he's kidnapping women for no reason. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's that whole, like, like in Terminator, when he takes her and come with me if you want to live and all this and other. You know, you you because you're aligned with him. That wasn't Piper, you, though. No, 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 oh, no. But what a film that would have been! Oh my god, <laughs> I want amazing. that so much. You get the you like here comes the the dude, dun 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 dun, and you have like the t-shirts, dun 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 dun, bagpipes, dun dun dun, kilt. But you're aligned with him, so you you kind of forgive him more than if he's just somebody who's just come into a shot. Do you know what I mean? Or just come into the movie. So you kind of understand where he's coming from because you're aligned with him. But if you didn't, then you'd be you'd question everything, wouldn't you? Yeah. But yeah, he's a, he's a likable guy. He's funny. He says these things. He's got that um, not like screen presence as such, but he's got that je ne sais quoi. It's something. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's 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 a masculinity. But it's not like Arnold, Sly, even Kurt no. Russell, yeah, yeah, yeah. uber masculinity. Yeah. But it is this thing where you're like, would you like to go for a beer with this guy? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's the feeling you got. He's the guy who quietly goes up and he's the hardest worker on the crew, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Piper for me. I think it's a, it's a combination of relatability because in the first act you have this guy on hard times and he's living this hard life and everything's broken against him and in 80s america you're looking at him being like yeah i i too know what it's like to be struggling and then in the second act this character turns into this like quipster awesome action hero and just in your head you're like yeah that's what i would do take take, i would chew so much bubble gum take the (laughs) take the escapism of a character who wouldn't come around for another 10 years. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Telling his boss to go to hell and we can take your job and hitting him with a stunner. And then reverse that and go here on a societal level. Here's a guy who believes if I work hard, it'll work for me. Discovers that's not the case. What are you going to do? I'm going to shoot everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be quippy and funny and the... Uh, Chew bubble gum. I mean, I am. I have come to kick to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm and all out of bubble gum. gum yeah. uh, that is that was a, that was one that was from the book entirely. Oh, really? Yeah, that that, that was a line he had and never got to use. Oh, and okay. I thought it would, it would be it would be right for, for the character. So he well, has to say and, and do all these things, and as a result, I think that's that's. Uh, he's also an underdog as well, wasn't he? So he's a drifter man like he's hard on yeah. his luck who yeah. can't relate to this guy yeah 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 so i think it's really easy to sort of jump on board with him in a way that it wouldn't be believable if it was sly going hey i'm like out of a job although that yeah. opening scene where he's walking across the train tracks i saw stallone in my head <laughs> walking across those train tracks yeah but at some point he's got to start talking well yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know um and, the then, and then, then he, ta- he takes <laughs> off his shirt to start working he looks like rocky balboa you know what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> That fight scene wouldn't have lasted long. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, and that's the other thing. Like, he's not a great fighter. Whereas with Kurt Russell, he'd have to be a good fighter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the fact that... the fa- I have no issue with the fact that Keith David goes punch for punch with him. I have no issue at all. Me either. Yeah. Uh, best moment, best element. Um, Rowdy Piper. He was the best moment in it. Uh I like Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan? 
Meg Foster. Wouldn't that be a different film? Meg Ryan. I like like Meg Foster only because of the whole He-Man thing. A brain cloud. (laughs) (laughs) But she was really insignificant in this film. Yeah. Um, But without him in this film, I don't think that'd have the same uh, cult status or gravity that it has. I think that'd have been one of them Compton movies that have been tossed aside. So the quip lines is funny, but for me, probably him. It's not much you can say as best element or best. Well, uh, Stu? Uh, I think I said it before. I think the best moment is the fight scene. I love the fight in this movie. It's it's funny, but it's two guys. It's, it's what a real fight would look like. It's two guys just beating the crap out of each other. It's, yeah, it's messy. It doesn't look <laughs> too stylized or anything. Yeah, it's messy. Isn't it a bit they start laughing in the middle of it? Yeah, he says so. That's the bottle, isn't it? He's yeah. got a bit of wood and he smashes the he car smashes window. He smashes the car window. And he gets the bottle and he smashes it and it all goes disintegrate completely. And he looks like him and laughs. <laughs> I think that was that breaking out of character. That was funny. I was two mates having a fight. Maybe yeah. they both want to win, but they're, they're still going to yeah. be mates when it's over. Yeah. Uh, my best moment or element, I think it's got to be Piper in the bank. It's the bit you know. There's a reason yeah. why it's shot all over again. There's, I was really stunned. to. Fu- it's so weird. There's these scenes in these movies that become iconic, and you think they're going to be so important for the plot when you haven't seen the movie before, mm. and they end up being nothing. Yep. So think about like the boombox and say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like means nothing in the grand plot, but no. everybody remembers it. And yep. I think this is one of those similar sort of moments where you go, oh, I bet you it's like the, the, like I thought it was at the start of act three in the matrix when they, when, he, when he goes in and it's like do you have anything you know do you have any metal on you and he opens his jacket and it's guns everywhere i thought and this is the start of act three i thought it was going to be like this no we're barely into act two and he's just shooting people yeah but it is that iconic this is who i am for the rest of the movie yeah i'm this guy fair enough so it's right here a bit a grumble um the storyline is fast and loose um I don't think they really knew what they were doing. They just sort of said, let's get him just fighting against the, the big, big bad, which is we don't really know who, just society in general. Um, it was, what did I write down? I wrote down, very slow in places. Uh, hey, the repetitive music. Oh, the music is a grind. Oh, it just goes on and on. Maybe I was meant to make you feel that way. Yeah. If it was, well done. Maybe but- it's the signal. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I, I'm serious. I, th- I think it might be. Because uh, remember, who did this? The, the director. He did the music. Yeah. Uh, and I don't understand. I love the fight scene, don't get me wrong, but I didn't understand why everything was such a fight to put these glasses on. You know, just go. <laughs> it does seem like, like th- three words of conversation. Would have been. <laughs> in every yeah. argument he had with someone, would have been, okay, all right. And also, when they beat each other up so badly and they go to the hotel, they're limping, they're holding oh, things. And Piper's face is like swollen. Yeah. And then, yeah. then, then the next scene, or the next day, everything is all gone. Everything's fine. <laughs> How much time has passed? It's the glasses. They have, they have healing properties. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you put the glasses on, you can see their faces are still all smashed up. Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there are, there are things, there are a lot of storyline elements that don't really go anywhere that we talked about. I, the one thing that we didn't really mention that kind of throws me is you have an hour and a half movie. You're not doing seasons of a television show. Why in the third act, all of a sudden are we like, oh, now we have contact lenses. Why? You could have just had them continue to wear glasses for the third act. Like why all of a sudden do we switch to the context? It makes no sense. It comes out of nowhere. And you kind of expect from Carpenter more 
like everything he does feels like it should have a purpose in other movies. And in this movie, it just feels like there's a lot of fun things that happen and the story's good, but there's stuff that happens that, you know, never really matters. I think this is the equivalent of when you have Iron Man and you go, okay, you know what we just did with Robert Downey Jr. who's now costing us $20 million a film? Mm-hmm. We've put him behind a mask. Yeah. So we need a way for the mask to come off. Yeah. When we need it to. And the contact lenses are their workaround for going, mm, we're not seeing can. Piper's face enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I think. Especially once multiple people start wearing them at once. They, yeah. And it's like, okay, he's finally got the thing that distinguishes him. Okay, we're on board with. Oh, also because if he's wearing the glasses, here it is. If he's wearing the glasses in the third act, he gets shot instantly. The minute oh, you go yeah, down, yeah, the yeah, minute yeah. you, you oh, go down there, yeah, of course, yeah, that gives, gives him that away. Gives so him we away. need a magic doohickey that covers, covers why that. now he doesn't need that. Absolutely, absolutely. So see, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my go third act. Uh, just uh, it felt like. For the minute we meet Bill the Drifter, and he goes, here's how it all works down here. I'm like, okay, uh, this feels like we're just doing a lot of exposition. A lot. Uh, which actually might have been better time. For, it just feels that third act so weird. From the time they go down weird. and in the underground, it feels like, but then is the station underground or is it like, it just feels like we lose our sense of the rules of the universe once we're down there. Yeah. And... uh like, what were the motivations? I know he says we're like, okay, it might have. And we saw them talking about their, 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 you know, global, not global, intergalactic domination or whatever it is. But I'm not even sure I really understand the motivation for them besides some generic, we're just here to take over sort of stuff. Mm. So it's hard when you're trying to do an allegory at the same time. <laughs> because an allegory, because of the grand scheme of things, then the whole like intergalactic thing sort of falls apart. Mm. I wonder if the bit where they transfer over with like the shape of light, I wonder if that's about like rich neighborhoods and coming in where the poor people are and then you leave them and go back Maybe. to your gated community. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, shit, that's deep. That's what you get when you come on the BFE, buddy. English teacher <laughs> on <laughs> next level achieved. <laughs> um, so there we are. Is this anybody's best role ever? And I mean, ask me people who you've seen in a few things. So I can't say Roddy Piper, for instance, because no, I haven't seen I him can't. enough. I ain't seen him anything else. Uh, was what's her name better is as Evelyn? Yeah, much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that woman in that film. Uh, Keith, you know, Keith David was pretty good in this. Um, he, he was, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him some better than that. He's yeah. done the voice work in Coraline. It just feels like if this is your zenith, that's a bit sad. Especially with the body work he's done. Um, let me take a look, CE, here if I can do a very quick age game. Uh, because uh, I didn't think to ask anybody to do it in in uh, Ethan's absence and just realized it's on my sheet here. Let me take a quick look here. I need to make sure I remember this came out in 89. 89. All right. So if it was I, 88, wasn't it? Uh, I was going to say, I thought oh, it was 80, 88. 88, 89 in the UK. My, my apologies. Oh, okay. So 88 is a more correct version of this. So 88. Thank you very much. So let's go ahead and start with this here. So let's start with Roddy Piper. This is going to shock me, I think, because he looked older than me. And I turned 43 yesterday. <laughs> um, I reckon he's going to be younger. 36. Okay. And Stu. I, I, I want to say it's around the same age range. I can't imagine he was still in his early to mid-30s. I would say 37. Uh, Liam gets the win there. 34. Wow. See? Yeah, I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> Next up, we've got Keith David. Keith David. Ooh. 
Thirty-five. Uh, Forty. Thirty-two? Wow. Oh, jeez. And, wow. we'll, and we'll keep it down with just the three, so we'll finish. Uh, Liam's got the win, but just for the sake of being good here, let's do uh, Meg, Foster. Meg Foster, who played Holly. Did you want to go first? Uh, 29. Liam? Uh, I'm going to say younger, 27. Stu gets the win. I don't know if he should. 40. Wow. Yeah. Oh, she looks good. (laughs) So there we are. Yeah, for 40? For 40. Wow. To think she's the oldest of the three characters we mentioned. That's a bit of a surprise. I thought she looked younger than them, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there we are. Uh, Now let's go ahead and we'll talk. Oh, it's more of me. We'll talk about the critics. The critics. See what they had <laughs> yeah, to say <laughs> about this film here. I'm just going to take a quick look here at uh, the. I should be remiss. I meant to say at the start, Liam, a very happy birthday from all of us at the BFE, of course, to you. Yes. Oh, thank yesterday. You so yeah, yesterday. Yep. Yeah. You're the only person I know who doesn't have Facebook reminding people when it's your birthday. Because I, when you said it was your birthday, I went and checked your like Facebook wall. Yeah. And like one person had wished you a happy birthday. Oh, okay. Publicly, because otherwise, what will happen is the reason why we get notified is like nineteen thousand people will message, and so it pushes because it's it's so popular, it pushes it to the top of everybody's algorithm. Oh, okay. Because I was on Facebook not a lot yesterday, but enough that it should have popped up if that was the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have to show you how to do that <laughs> for the for <certain> reasons <laughs> such as this. But I hope it was a good birthday. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I did some pottery making. I made my Ooh. first ever pot. I made a bowl. Seven point two on IMDb. 7.2, yeah. 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. See, I think that's... I'm really surprised. Yeah, me too. I think it's just a fan's favorite, though, isn't no, it? No, no, no. Rotten Tomatoes isn't fans. No? Rotten Tomatoes critics. is you've got to be a certified critic. Wow. Like, you can't just, yeah. like... I can't do anything on Rotten... That's why my goal is to get the pot on Rotten Tomatoes one day. Oh, okay. That means that we've made it. That means that we've, like... Someone goes that... What they say has credibility and value. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's take a look here. Wow. That's what I'm (laughs) talking about. To be fair, the way Rotten Tomatoes works doesn't mean what everyone thinks it means. No, it's it's not a score out of 100, which is what people interpret it to be. Rotten Tomatoes is basically every critic's score comes down to is it a pass or pass a fail. fail pass fail so and it basically means 85 yeah. percent of critics graded this as a pass which was the problem when we did oh. paddington because ellie oh. and george as well misinter it's a 97 percent. that's not 97 out of 100 that's oh, not this it's not a score oh, it's 97 percent said it was a good film if you go on to like metacritic the average is like 7.2 on that movie okay that makes sense yeah. I, I misinterpreted too okay yeah, so rotten tomatoes hides what they actually mean they want people to think it means what everybody thinks it means, but it doesn't. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how I saw it. So Phil Hode from The Guardian said the film was responding to the start of the U.S. Rust Belt and Reagan era consumerism, but its themes of working class subjugation and omnipresent media control have only become more pressing. So that one's dealing with things, a little bit of the legacy of it rather than uh, it's uh, 
I guess, of, of its time. Yeah. Uh, if we look at Jeff Andrew from Time Out, he goes, the black and white visuals disturb for only so long. And while themes of indoctrination and conspiracy prove initially intriguing, the film quickly descends into fist fights and gunfire. And you're sitting here going, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll back that up a little bit with Richard uh, Harrington from the Washington Post who goes, the plot for They Live is full of black holes. The acting is wretched. The effects are second rate. <laughs> they are for John Carpenter wow. film. Uh, let me just take a look because we always want to make sure we find out what uh, Mr. Ebert himself felt about the Eeps. film. Eeps. Uh, I'm just having to look it up individually here. Uh, here, no, I don't want 30 minutes on They Live. No, thank you. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like it's far too much. Uh, uh, just scrolling, just scrolling, just scrolling. Tell me you've covered They Live. I don't think he's covered They Live. Well, there we are then. So there we are. So there's our three reviews anyway. As he was that they, disappointed by it. He couldn't cover as it. As they come through. <laughs> uh, I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do, for uh, the masses and said, is this a great film, a good film, an okay film, or a poor film? And the masses came out by giving this 53% called this a good film. Yeah, I thought so. What was in the lead for a long time was 38% who called it a great film. Really? 9% called it an okay film, 0% call it a poor film. So it's a film that if you liked it, 91% said good or higher. Yeah. I wonder if it's one of those things where if you're watching They Live, I think you're one of two things, and these those two things could potentially overlap. You're a John Carpenter horror fanboy. Yep. Or you're a wrestling fanboy. Yep. And sometimes you're both. Yep. And I think if you're either one of those, you're probably unlikely to give it a negative review. And it's got that cult status now. So, you know, you hear about it all the time. Uh, you're likely to give it a, lit, a watch now and go, oh, actually, yeah, it's a bit of fun, you know. And like I said, the the whole wrestling connection. I don't think I'd have such a high standing if that didn't have the wrestling connection. Agreed. Um, because we do watch it for him. Not, not because we think it's a John Carpenter movie. I don't watch it because that's a John Carpenter movie. I watched it because it was him. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I expect more from a John Carpenter movie, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm not that familiar with John Carpenter movies. Uh, this might even be my first, as far as I know. Well, so I haven't seen The Thing. I haven't seen Escape from LA, uh, LA or have from New York. Halloween? Have I seen Halloween? Yeah, the first one. No, I have not. See, that's clever. You think your life is confusing to me? Is it really? <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Halloween. Too much wrestling to watch, my friend. Too much wrestling. Oh, Halloween is on a shorter budget, and yet much, much better. Yeah, but there we are. Uh, I'm just. I was hoping to get a hold of Georgia there because she hasn't passed along the fifth chair challenge after promising me she would. Oh no! Uh, I've now, so I'm going to add that in uh, post. So insert the fifth chair challenge right here. And weren't those some crazy opinions we <laughs> wow. heard on the five chair that challenge? Amazing. That was insane. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much to everybody for uh, getting a hold of us with that. Uh, with those who didn't see that coming, so I, there I, you and me we both. are. Uh, on the topic of Georgia, I do have some. Uh, 
uh, bits from her, but I think I'll save that actually for when we give our final, final ratings out. Will she give a rating as well, yeah? Uh, she has given a rating oh, as well, good, good, yes. Good, 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 good. Uh, I'm going to go ahead then and look at uh, some of the fledging fandom who got a hold of us on Twitter. What did they have to say? Uh, the Holmes Movie Podcast says, that movie kicks a lot of ass. It's tremendously fun and so quotable. Roddy Piper's a charismatic and cool lead, and Keith David is awesome too. Very exciting and topical sci-fi film and one of Carpenter's best. All Things Unexplained says uh, one, of, one of their own uh, members of their podcast ranked this as favorite sci-fi of all time. It's more relevant now than it was then. Pedestrian at best says it's probably the third best Carpenter film. Definitely aged well, even with its ridiculous aspects. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 Mr. Postman. Russell the Post, he says. Uh, Carpenter's my favorite director, so I'm very happy you're doing this one. Piper's amazing as nada. He ad-libs one of the most famous lines in cinema history. Action set pieces are handled well, and the alien design is iconic, even though they look a bit rubbery when talking. Tons of fun. I have no issues with the special effects for this film. No, because they are of the time, and actually not too too bad. Uh, Shoot the Flick says it's a good movie. I feel like I took a few watchings to fully appreciate, truly appreciate it. Uh, we've got uh, Off Radar, who says, We did this on Off Radar, and I think it's a brilliant idea with plenty of 80s charm. I love the bill, but felt I wanted more. Before he realizes they are aliens. Uh, it happens so quickly, it also lacks the grit of Carpenter's other work for me. Jay, uh, uh, this is James from, from Off Radar, but they have two James, So, you know, take that for what you will. P.S. The end scene is great. I think that would be the one we were talking about. Is it a metaphor? It's something. Uh, Sir Gives a Damn, Mr. Mikey Wood, also known as Fred, says, This is not another one i saw once and a long time ago i love the concept and commentary on advertising and subliminal marketing though it's fun and sharp satire if not a bit on the nose in a way that people don't seem to understand anymore and then finally we've got carlo one of the ogs of the bfe it's a lot of fun i like the way it takes jabs at consumerism and carpenter's direction is assured even if piper's not the best actor there's an everyday guy vibe and an innocent charm to his performance that you can't help but root for plus keith david is always awesome Unfortunately, the third act is lacking, considering what it was building up to. It feels abrupt and incomplete, which I think is what happened, is that they ran out of budget and had to cut a lot of corners in the end. And Georgia has literally just put through. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to say that now. It's only just arrived. <laughs> There we are. So uh, we got two ones here. Uh, we've got uh, Hermes, who says, another cult classic for its fun premise, silly action fight scenes, and subtle commentary on society. Subtle? <laughs> one, cannot <laughs> one cannot help but smile at this gem. When I was a kid, I simply thought this was just a fun and weird film. When I hit college, however, I saw the resurgence of Carpenter's work, particularly this one. Ironic, maybe even unsurprisingly so as it may be, this was all the rage amongst the young, nerdy counterculture boys that were fumbling around their early internet forums trying to reconcile their position in the world and why none of it seems to make any sense or maybe that was just me hmm must be some grand conspiracy that a pair of magic sunglasses will illuminate can't wait to hear what the bfe uncovers on this one and then we've got uh richard <laughs> i love richard's write-up so what has he got here haven't rewatched this this week because i forgot so f so feel free to disregard not at all if you've seen it, I'm okay with it. This is a really fun one. I love John Carpenter. He doesn't make movies anymore. He just sits around collecting royalties, smoking weed, and playing video games. I want to be like him when I grow up. This film says fuck consumerism and fuck cops and also two lads have a fight over some sunglasses for 45 minutes. What's not to like? All right. And then we've got, okay, I think I see what that 
is uh, there. Uh, we also have to wish a very happy birthday to two of the BFE patrons who we didn't get a chance to do so. Well, one's not overdue. It's this week. And that would be Nate the Great. Happy hey. birthday to Nate the Great. Happy birthday, bud. And uh, we, we missed it last week, unfortunately. Oh, no, hang on. No, we've got one coming up. That's what that one says. So we've got that one coming up as well. So I've got that on the phone for later reference. I just got a bunch of stuff. Uh, that we did miss Dwayne Smith's earlier in the month. Do Dwayne you think? Smith. So if we didn't get you, yeah, happy birthday, Dwayne Smith. Happy and everybody else we've missed, Dwayne. I'm going to make it as part of, of my list of my schedule. So we will definitely make sure we say happy birthday. But thanks for our two write-ups from our two Patreon, two of our Patreon backers. Thank not our much. two Patreon backers. <laughs> that would be coming up here. But now's the time to go ahead. First off, though, before we give our ratings, Stu, thank you so much for joining thank us, you. first and foremost. Yeah. Thank do you, you want, for having me. Do you want to talk about your pod for a little bit? Just sort of sure. what's it about? What do you got coming up? All that good stuff. Because I thoroughly enjoyed having you here. And if people are going, where can I get more of that sweet, sweet stew world order sweetness? Where can I find that? Tell them where they can find it. Uh, so the podcast is the Stew World Order podcast, where we review random comic book movies. As Ian knows, I have a big comprehensive list. I have my guests give me three numbers. I tell them what they chose. They pick the movie they want to talk about. We give every movie we talk about ups and downs, no matter how inherently good or bad it is to try and balance it out. And then we talk at the end about how great it is. And in addition to the podcast, I have the website, swoproductions.com, where we have new articles every single day. We've got some fiction stuff going up on there, some short stories, some expansive uh, universe stories. We have me doing my first ever watch through of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and review. Oh, we've have the we... world and reviewing it. So check out the website and uh, everything social media wise is SWO Productions. So that's Twitter, Instagram. You'll find me there. I think we lost you for just one second talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer for about three seconds there. So you're doing nuts. So are you doing like like an episode by episode watch along on it, or are you just? I'm yeah. I'm I'm writing articles and I'm doing two episodes at a time. But okay. I'm, so I'm doing like episode one, episode two, then episode three, episode four. But yeah, it's essentially episode God by bless episode you, of Buffy. Well done, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was one of those shows that had twenty episodes. Yeah, season, it is. Yes. <laughs> Network television, my friend. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, if you like this film or episode, check out our other WrestleMania ones. We've done Fighting With My Family, and we've also done... The Wrestler. The Wrestler last year. Yeah. That was a good one. I can't believe I you missed it. I missed that. Yeah. It's a, that was one of my... Uh, one of my favorite ones. We've also done a watch-along of... Um, just another wrestling romantic comedy. You can find that on YouTube. It sucks. And you can go ahead. We did a uh, clear for takeoff on young rock last year. So go ahead and check that out in the archives. Uh, Liam ratings. Let's go ahead and do this. Where are we sitting on this one? Okay. Um, I don't know much about wrestlers. I only know what my cousin told me when I was younger and what my uh, mate tells me now, Carl, cause he's a big wrestling fan. And what you say, uh, so certain things that I remember as a kid, just because of the way they looked, like I used to watch Baywatch back in the day, and uh, uh, Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man, Randy Savage, is yep. that him? Yep. Yeah, yep. they they made guest appearance on uh, Baywatch, so I recognise them. Oh, that's true, they did. Yeah. Um. So you know, and they were always always about. I mean, even whether he was interested in or not, you saw them, and they were colourful characters. Um. This film I'd never seen, uh, heard about a lot, but never seen up until about six months ago. And I actually enjoyed it the first watch more than I did the second watch. 
Um, I know we break things down and I always say this constantly that, you know, when we break it down, I look at more things more negative than positive. Break it down. Break it down, fool. But like Carlo was saying, um, I echo a lot of what he says in, about this movie. Um, but I also found it very fun. I like when you take out all the um, seriousnesses of the issues that they're trying to bring to it and everything else and the, the plot not making any sense. It's just a fun movie. And I like fun movies. I like to switch off sometimes. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to give it, this is not the best film ever, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to go 10 on this. Um, but I do like it, and it's a fun movie. I'm going to give it s- oh, five and a half, six. I'm going to give it six. Six. Um, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum out of 10. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Oh, it's debating between five and six because that's the middle of the road movie for me. It's it's an average movie. I think John Carpenter could have done better. Um, who knows? I might lower it to a five when we come. Who knows? <laughs> okay. I'm debating between five and six. I'm going with six. Still. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie. I've seen this movie several times. As the one of the critic reviews that you red said like this is even more timely now than it was in 1988 like when you have like three corporations that own everything in the world and you've got corporations like nestle just destroying the environment and keeping water from people so they can have it from themselves and you just see like yeah every everything in the world sucks and it's because of the the omni elite that control everything and you get past how the message still works. You get past how the themes are still completely in play about everything from capitalism and colonialism to consumerism. And even if you disregard that, you're left with a movie that how many people across all the reviews have said the word fun. Like this movie's so much fun. The fight scene is fun. Roddy Piper shooting promos at everybody is fun. I, I have so much fun with this and I know Carpenter has so many great movies, I have this as number two on my carpet. Wow. I have this ahead of the thing. I have this ahead of escape from New York. I, it's, it's Halloween. And then this for me, I, I think this is phenomenal. So this is an eight out of 10 for me. Wow. Let's do eight out of 10. Uh, I'll read George's while we got it here. <laughs> they live is basically the matrix, but with sunglasses and somehow even a worse film, but at least a more likable protagonist. The film consists of Rowdy Roddy Piper walking somewhere, talking to someone, and finding someone. Enter some too long B-roll segments and very little action to the last 15 minutes of the film. And I won't lie, I was bored. I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 smash sunglasses. <laughs> nice. I, was, I thought she'd give a bit lower, but well done. Um, I've gone up on the film during our conversation on it. Oh. Which tends to happen. It goes yeah, one of two yeah, ways. Yeah, 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 one or two, yeah. I do go, have they, the, the, the allegory or the message is something, it's fine, but the movie around it has to be decent. Mm. And there's a lot of eh <laughs> around is. this film. There is. Why do the bulldozers take out the tent city? No idea. And why does the, <laughs> the, the preacher mimic everything that's been said and then taken away? Why does Billy the Drifter why was he such an essential part of the plan? <laughs> he was there at the there at the end. And then given free access to everything. Yeah, everything yeah. Um, 
why was Keith David's death just bag and you're done? Yeah. Um, and, oh, it was, so is it fun? Yeah, there's some fun bits. The fight scene's fun. There's bits where I'm not going to, I'm with Georgia. I'm a bit bored in places here where I'm going, oh, shooty, shooty, pew, 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 what's pew, happening? Pew, pew. And I had another question going, are the aliens inherently bad? How do we know this? Yeah, we don't. We don't. Like, they're just going to the bank. <laughs> and they're getting shot yeah and all they goes they can see us okay and <laughs> yeah i i didn't understand that so again it was like i was watching a video game in places and this one felt like one of those ones you went to as a kid with the arcade where you got like that orange gun and went, <laughs> yeah. shh, and it went are you ready yes make sure you shoot the zombies <laughs> all right i'm in aim for the head uh, i'm gonna join liam on his branch we don't often come in with the same score actually but oh, i am okay, gonna come yeah. in the same score on this one i am going to give this six middle fingers to the chopper out of 10 well then yeah i will say now i forgot to mention our patron last week who came in around uh it was it was a, a seven or an eight last week we ended up with a 7.12 overall for the film um this week the patreon thinks that uh you and i are a bit harsh it's mm. a bit generous it's going to come in the middle oh. of that so they Ooh. gave it seven they both seven. gave it sevens out of ten so uh yes we had a five two sixes a seven and an eight <laughs> so it'll score somewhere just above six i think when we put all the math together yeah so that'll be that uh we want to thank our uh patreon backers it's julian hermes james de guzman lena oberholzer anthony and davies chris peterson randall silva Dwayne smith the yeetmeister reverend bruce nate the great andy dixon holly callen cheesy with a fish on a bike richard and of course the cool cat himself ryan kukets all that's left to do now is talk about what we're doing next week yeah Oh, I know nothing really about this film. Okay. Do you think I do? Um, I think you might. Okay. Uh, it's We're going to be joined next week. It's our, one of our BFF of the BFE episodes. Um, and so when it came across, it's going to be Hermes joining us. Hey, Hermes. Woo. And I went ahead and asked, um, when he said, do you know anything about this? I went, no. I know so little about it. There are people out there who talk about Frances McDermott as being the female version of Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> would that be yourself? Or would that, that be, be you, as it turns out? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> we're looking at a Daniel Day-Lewis film next week. Last of the Mohicans. No. We're, go- we're going gritty. We're going dark. We're going Western. Oh. I believe it's Western tinged anyway. I don't know. I think it's about oil. I know there's a scene with a milkshake. Oh, that sounds familiar. Paul Dano. <laughs> I was going to I was going to say, if you don't know it off that, I don't yeah. know that you'll ever get it. I don't know it. So there we go. So the movie's There Will Be Blood. Oh, no, not seeing that. No, me either. So I'm really excited. Another yeah, one yeah, that I haven't yeah, seen yeah. before. Yeah. So this is one that is uh, ready for us for next week. There Will Be Blood. Ooh, exciting. I'll have to get us milkshakes. Of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you like to tie in these little things. I do, I do. I'll get some... some it won't be as fancy as the milkshakes they've got wherever they're at, but we'll get, I'll get some milkshake drink in the fridge or something like that. Cool beans. So again, we want to thank Stu yeah, for absolutely. coming out. Thank Stu's, you. Stu's part of the extended BFE stuff. He does stuff of us in the Cinematic Council podcasts. Uh, 
I, I said this to Hermes yesterday. I said it to Kev a little while ago. We don't let people in the BFE that we don't believe in, we don't trust in. Those people don't get to go on here. So when I reached out to Stu, it's because Stu does good work. It's because I know Stu is skilled and talented and all those things. And those are the people that we want to be associated with. And we're very thankful that he chooses to be associated with us. So one more time, go check out Stu. Everything he's doing, all his show notes are underneath us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no, thank you. I love you guys too. I love being on the uh, doing poorly on the quizzes and, <laughs> and the the cinematic councils. Whenever I just dominate and only talk about the MCU for like half an hour and don't let anybody talk. There are, there are times, times. There are times where it's just me and Stu and everybody else just watch. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead check out some of that stuff all that all those goodies coming your way so please join us next week when we get joined by hermes for the end game yeah and we're talking about there will be blood Ooh, and milkshakes and milkshakes <laughs> it's important i don't mix those two up i <laughs> uh, still if you join us in the lockdown when i point at you that'd be fantastic it'll be right after me so here we go four Best film ever. I'm Stu. And I've been Liam. And hey, it may have been used already, but I'm going back there again. Next week, we are coming to kick ass at podcasting and chew some <laughs> bubble gum. And we'll be all out of bubble gum. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. <laughs> <laughs>